Hello and welcome to Too Fast, Too Forever. There's all kinds of family. We chose this one. This is episode 51, The Fast and the Furious Lap 5. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. And this episode's brought to you by The Next Street, the best driving school in Connecticut, locally owned, locally operated. They care about you, and you will feel it each step of the way. TheNextStreet.com. So fitting for this driving school lap, Cara Galo Regan of the Wistful Thinking Podcast will be joining us after the break to talk about this movie that she had never seen before, and she's never seen any of these movies before. And she's going to join us for this entire lap and talk about all of them. There is one thing I want to say. This is a a conversation that you and I had with her today very briefly, because I realized as I was editing the conversation, because I am from Mm -hmm. the future, and we're going to record that (laughs) next, but I edited it now. And I realized that we didn't ask her what she thought when Brian was revealed to be a cop. I said, did that surprise you? And she said... No tuna sandwich, no crust, cop sandwich. (laughs) Exactly. She's not wrong. It's the most cop cop sandwich you could have ordered there, so... That conversation's coming up a little bit later. If you are a patron, I put up that part on Patreon just a little bit ago, because I normally put up the intro part, but because we recorded that part first, I edited that part first, and so I put that up, and this is going to be the secret part that goes up on Tuesday to the world. But if you go to patreon.com slash forever or forever.com. You can support us on Patreon, get episodes early, get merch, get swag, get our undying love, and also vote in the poll, which I'm going to put up, I think, on Monday. So as this is up, oh, this shit. is out. We're going to have the first poll the, up? Uh, we're going to have That's a poll cool. about which, uh, which Paul Walker movie that we are going to watch that you're going to vote on. So very exciting time. We should, we should put it on Twitter, too, not because it'll be influenced by anything, but just see if anybody responds and see if the answers match. We could do that. Again, That'd Twitter cool, does right? not count. There's no, it doesn't there's no count. sway no, over there. Definitely but, not. Uh, yeah. I just want to see if they pick the same movie or not. So. so, Joe, first up, extracurricular activities. Since you and I recorded our Relap recap almost two weeks yes. ago, because we did that and we did YAML mm-hmm. together, what have you been up to? Nothing. I've been getting ready for hockey season. What so does that, that entail? Was... What does getting ready for hockey season entail? It mental, lots of mental preparation. Like, I'm, like, in the gym in my head, you know, like, as if I was practicing Oh, or so, so not much, but okay, I understand. I appreciate it. <laughs> I'm just getting, I, I, like, go through the rigors of all the drunkenness that will happen. You know what I mean? Like, been drinking lots of water, prepping my body for, like, you know, the next seven months of just binge drinking. Uh, we did our fantasy hockey draft. So we did that. And, the, oh, and the other thing was, is I got two, this was a long saga, and I've been telling you about it for a oh, while. Yes. But I got two round-trip flights for Rachel and I to Hawaii for valentine's day for thirty thousand miles and 22 dollars and it was a super long convoluted process where i had to transfer miles to the turkish airlines miles wallet email them and call them a bunch of times and then received emails back in turkish i officially have them they're ticketed i will be going to hawaii again in february congratulations thank you sir yeah, that's, those are, I think that's the big news of, of things that I've been up to. Since we last recorded, I was actually up in sort of your neck of the woods. I finally went to the mm-hmm. Big E, which is the... How was it? Uh, it's fine. I'm, not, I'm underwhelmed by it, honestly. <laughs> yeah. I'm an hour from the boardwalk. It's basically just a big boardwalk. It it's is. All, like, so I went up with Jordan Poland-Clark, who was our... Yeah. Uh, she was on our Fast and Furious 6 
lap two episode. We got there and we're like, oh, this is cool. There's a lot of stuff here. We walked around. We went and we had Tater Tot. She was in the mood for Tater Tot. She had him last year. She loved him. We split those. Then we went to one of the state houses, maybe Vermont, and we got apple cider and apple and an apple donut. We split that. Oh, the apple cider donuts are like really big in New England. They're delicious. So if you're not from here, if you're not from here, so we did this thing that like right around this time of year, like starting into fall, in into fall, we do apple cider donuts. And so they just essentially make a donut with a lot of apple cider in them, and they're fucking incredible. They're like pretty common around like the orchards and stuff in the in the New England area. But yes, I agree. I went and I also ate an apple cider donut because there's one of my favorite things to do there too. But as we were walking around, we got hungry for dinner, and we're like, "What food is here that we isn't going to make us want to die?" Because everything is fried, None. everything is everything's fried, fatty, yeah. and we're just like we we yep. spent we sat down for 15 minutes looking through maps on the website, and we're just like, "Okay, finally." We found this like Mediterranean little kiosk in this one oh, hall. Oh, that's new this year. And we yeah, went there and we got uh, gyros. We both got chicken shawarma gyros, and they were very good. But it was like, yeah, I, was, like, I can't like. There's everything here just is going to make me want like. It's either too sweet or too fat. Like, it's just everything is. Whew. You have to go in with a certain mindset that you know that you're just going to like carbo load. Sure, fry but load. I don't mind that. I just want something that wasn't going to make me like feel ill because I had a three-hour drive coming home and I had a concert to go yes, to that night. Like true. I saw the reason yeah. I went up there was the Carly Rae Jepsen concert, which she, uh, you were right. Uh, she played a little bit of a shorter set. She normally plays like yeah. an hour 25-ish. Um, she played okay. for an hour. As best as I can tell, she played three fewer songs, which is not bad. She cut out banter. No. She cut out a costume change. She cut out a few different things here and there. But it was pretty much like the hits nonstop for an hour, and it was great. I kind of like that sometimes. You know what I mean? The condensed concert versions, you get like the like the Super Bowl halftime show version of it, where you just get like boom, 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 well, boom, boom. The hits, best hits, part hits. about it was that it was it, the concert was a, the ticket says seven thirty. She's on at seven thirty. She's off by eight thirty. Yep. I'm in my yep. car by like eight fifty, and I'm home by like twelve fifteen. I was just like, that's if awesome. it was <laughs> a normal show and she got off at like you know nine thirty ten, I wouldn't have gotten home till like two. This way, it's a much more manageable, reasonable thing. I also met up with uh, Nico and Kevo and Jonah cool. and Kyle from the Exes for Podcast. Like that whole Exes for Podcast cool. HTML world, they were at the concert, yeah. and that was fun. But yeah, I think the Big E is cool. I think I was glad that I got to see what it was, but if, if it was closer, like if it was an hour, I would probably go maybe once a year. But it's exactly. not special enough, I don't think, to to warrant seven hours in a car. You're coming from the perspective where you were saying that you have something close that's very similar. But I feel like even, like, it's just, it's not like there's unique stuff. I mean, there's, like, the circus show that was sold out that we couldn't get to that we were really looking forward to. Like, there's things there. Animals? But I feel like if you have a cool state fair near you, or you have the boardwalk, or you have, like, any number of things, it's just kind of that bigger. And I think the scale is impressive. Yeah. But there's nothing about it that's just, like, I can only get this here. It's like, well, I can only get, like, here's where I can get everything. But it's, like, there's nothing that really was like, oh, this is this is worth a drive. So there's, like, certain things that, like, I pick out when I go. Like, I have, like, a certain rundown. There's, like, definitely stops that we hit all the time. Like, the main baked potatoes, they're pretty famous there. Big E has their own uh, cream puffs that they make. Like, they bake on site there. So, so, so I guess here's a question. Famous. So is there things that you do that isn't food? Yeah, we go see usually, like... Did you go through, like, the whole animal section in the middle? Yes. Yes, like, we go see, like, the animal things. It's mostly food and beer driven, though. To me, it's more like an eating day more than anything else. Yeah, like, that just doesn't doesn't really... 
I mean, that's not, not that it doesn't appeal to me, but you say you're walking around, and it's hard to really separate sort of the wheat from the chaff. Like, a lot of things seem similar, and a lot of it is probably good. Yeah. And it's not it's not cheap, but it's not crazy expensive. So it's like you can try a bunch of stuff, especially if you're splitting with people. But it's like... That's the way to do it. You have to go with, like, a crew. That's what we normally do. And we'll get, like, one of the things we want to try, and then everybody eats, like, a quarter of it. Then you go to the next place, and you do that, too. I specifically go to the Vermont house because they carry all the Cabot cheeses, and they have a special Big E-only cheese that they release there. And they also had some Jasper Hill Farms cheeses, which are actually pretty hard to find outside of, like, Vermont, like, in stores. So, like, I got, like, a nice piece of, like, Jasper Hill Farms cheddar. I think it's probably one of the best uh, fromageries Mm. in the Northeast, if not the, the country. You have to have specific things that you like hit there there's a lot of nonsensical shit that that are like boardwalk fries like there's like one of these or like, you know what i mean like there's a lot of like recurring stuff and like you were saying and like i was getting back to that you said you have the boardwalk close to you so this is where i can see you're like oh maybe not as impressed with it probably like the jersey shore would probably be like the closest thing for us around here too to go for like something like that if you have a state fair like my dad was just talking he just went to a state fair that was like up in you know middle Pennsylvania and he was very disappointed by it and said like you know like it wasn't very big there wasn't anything going on there and I was describing the biggie to him and he was like oh that sounds amazing so it's it's definitely perspective like if like I'm sure if you went to the Texas State Fair you'd be like the biggie's small and stupid right yeah I've been I've definitely been to like worse and bad state fairs you know like in county fairs like this is not it's not bad it's just what I, I guess what it's I was a lot of size. expecting yeah it's just it's <laughs> the size and the scale of it like I'm gonna keep saying is impressive I really like I think what actually sets it apart are the five state houses like that is a cool that's really that's cool. the cool yep. part it's like the rest of it just like mm-hmm. there's like the carnival part that's just like this is like it's like that's like sort of it's low like end shitty carnival. yeah it's just it's not yeah there's a lot that isn't exciting and i was just sort of hoping that there would be things that are like oh i get like there's people that jordan was talking to because she lives up in vermont and they go like three or four times like a week like for the two weeks it's just like well what mm-hmm. what do you go like i know that people love this and, like i don't think you ever really there's like gave the impression like this is the greatest thing in the world but like you i know that you really like it, but i know that people love this it's just i don't yeah i don't i don't know I don't if i could it. do it more than twice twice a season and they do run like entertainment things like during the day so they'll have like you know the largest pumpkin sure contest all these like bronco rodeo type stuff too they do all of those kind of things there's something for everyone there it wouldn't draw me back to it five days. Right. And it runs for, like, 17 days. So, like, you could go there every day for 17 days. They sell, like, a 17-day pass. And if you were, like, live close, you could do it. Usually we do – we definitely do one. We sometimes do two. We'll hit, like, one day in, like, the very beginning, one day at the very end of it. And just, like, hit, like, double the food things, like, the things that we missed or didn't get there. But we also don't stay, like, a whole day it's usually like about a five to six hour chunk is like a good amount. Yeah, of time I was there. probably there from like two to seven, and then concert and then out. Like there's, but like we also were wandering around because like after the circus show wasn't open, like we waited online for forty minutes, and like I think nobody online got in. Like everything because Jordan had gotten in, in the past without having to buy a ticket, like it was just sort of standby or whatever. Ah, okay. But it was just okay. like this was we. Like, I don't think anybody online got in, but we were sort of hoping like eat for a while, sit down and watch the circus show, eat for a while, she goes, I go to the concert. And then when mm-hmm. that when the circus show fell through, we're like, well, now what do we do? And so that doesn't let someone show the animals. <laughs> just more eating. <laughs> yeah, we saw the parade, and we ate some more food, and we just sat down. Yeah. Oh, we also had a Ben & Jerry's maple milkshake, which was delicious. 
Um, they, it's like a it's vanilla like milkshake creamies, with the actual man. maple syrup. Yep. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just uh, we're like, oh, like we were sort of a hoping, like because it just felt like, oh, now we have three hours to kill, and I don't know what we're gonna do. Did you go look at hot tubs? They also oh, there's like hot tubs everywhere. Hot tub. Why are there so many? <laughs> there's hot tubs. So Jordan and I were talking about that. We're like, why are there so many hot tubs? And the only thing I can think about is that like, <laughs> it's not for people who know they want a hot tub because if you know you want a hot tub, you're gonna go find it. My only <laughs> thing that made it sense is that, like, say Jordan and I Impulse were like, buying? say that we were like living together, and like we're just like, oh, that would be nice. And then we go look in, and like it's in our brain but like how <laughs> how many people is that for there to be like multiple hot tub and spa vendors hundreds of hot tubs like a lot taking there's up like massive space like you're walking down and like there's food vendors on either side and it's like oh there's like a lot of excitement here whatever and then it's like oh there's just like it's weird that there's just like a dead space here it's like oh no it's just hot tubs and no one is looking in them there's like kids <laughs> just around like miles but there's not people like buying and some of them are full a lot of them aren't then you're like what do, do people go in these i've seen people like put like like almost look like they're gonna go in these and i'm like is there somebody that really comes up to the biggie with like a bathing suit and just sits in this hot tub maybe all day? i don't know but that was basically all i did the carly ray jepson show was cool. great that was the third time i saw her this year uh it was outside which was very nice it was not too hot oh also that's awesome i got uh i ordered a second a nicer as you know oh. custom jersey from china because the first one got here and it was bad so carly yeah. ray jepson for everybody who knows or doesn't know is a pop singer who is the girl mm-hmm. who sang call me maybe but then has put out my two favorite albums of the decade dedicated and emotion which are just fantastic but she threw out the first pitch at a tampa bay rays game five years ago and it was horrible like she basically spiked it in the dirt (laughs) right to her left like it was just like throw in the dirt hands over mouth so embarrassed but she wore a raised jersey jepson number eight and so i ordered from this website that joe gets from china gets custom jerseys from china I got a Carly Rae Jepsen jersey. It was not good. I ordered a second one. It was beautiful. So I wore that. Oh, really? Cool. And I had so many people come up to me, tell me that I was their hero, that they loved me. Like, where did you get that? Is that a real player? Like, they were all just like, I can't believe this is real. And Nico and his friends were, like, cracking up. They're like, isn't he great? Like, it's the best. And I was like, I'm just so glad that, like, these are my people that they appreciate. Like, a girl came up to me during the concert. She's just like... What what it what basically what is like what what and I was just like oh uh, I had it made from China it shipped it here she's like I love you and then she walked away it was amazing that's it awesome was great yeah yeah so that was I was very excited to uh, twenty dollars show it off great twenty dollars well this one I sprung it was it was a thirty dollar jersey it was a the oh, nice one yes because cool. twenty five did not pan out but thirty. That was the, that was the good one. It's funny, for, and for like fifty five, you wound up with two of them of varying. And they refunded me twelve for the first one, so I basically paid forty two dollars for two jerseys, one of which I'm probably never going to wear, one of which I might wear like one or two more times. You know what I mean? Like I'm not going to ever actively wear a Carly Rae Jepsen raised jersey because people aren't going to know what it is. But at the show, without context, you know, I'm a yeah. local hero. That's awesome, dude. Like I said, we have a Patreon Patreon on the show, patreon.com slash too fast to forever. Shout out to Cassie Wilson, Jake Freer, Ben Milliman, Nick Burris, and Alex Ellenin for supporting us over there. We have a review check. And so here is the, uh, we're, we're interesting, and this has nothing to do with the podcast. We're an interesting okay. middle ground right now. Mac OS, whatever the next one is, Catalina maybe, is going to come okay. out. It's not out yet, but I think they've already divorced podcasts from iTunes. So I had to look at my phone because oh. it's no longer on the iTunes app on the computer. We have no new reviews, 15 ratings, oh, all five stars. Alex, the most recent one. So thank you, everybody who's reviewed us on there. If you have not yet, go on iTunes, go on Google Play, Please. wherever you listen, Give us five stars. Leave us a review. The review can be mean. I don't care. Just give us five stars, though. It helps people find us. 
<laughs> say this sucks. Yeah, whatever. But the the big the, the calling card of the opening segment is our mailbag. We have an email address here on the show, family at cageclub.me. Let us open it up. We have six emails tonight, Joe, including one. Six is a bunch, dude. Including one that I have not told you about that is a, uh, a proposition for us, but we will get to that in a little bit. So first up. Somebody's trying to have a threesome? A little bit. In, in a certain way, yes. <laughs> It's not what okay, you're going to think, good. but uh, yes, in a little way. First okay. up, from West Hampton, Lap for Tune-Up. What up, fam? What up, Wes? Glad you're back to your regularly scheduled releases. I can't wait for you or my lifespan after the great build-up from the end of this episode. Spoiler, oh. he will write in another short email about you or my lifespan, Fuck. so we're going to get his thoughts on that shortly. So good. So good. I hope you guys listened. I'm very excited for you to dig into the wiki on some characters. I assume you'll be looking at the Fast and Furious wiki site. Yes, we will. There are some yeah. interesting things in there, but I found that some of the details can be difficult to corroborate, and I found some conflicting info before, so does any wiki article take with a grain of salt? Which I think, Amen. yes, of course. We will, obviously. I mean, yeah. the movies conflict with each other, too. Like, it's difficult to corroborate the movies <laughs> with one another, so like, yeah. keeping that in mind, I think we're okay. Yeah. Without further ado, here are my Relap recap observations. Joe mentioned the HBO series The Defiant Ones. My mom grew yes. up all her life in Dallas listening to country, oldies, and classic rock, but in the last few years, she started to dip her toes into the world of hip-hop. Ice Cube is wow. her favorite. go mom. Ice Cube, okay. Last year, she was, going to, um, she was going on about this show and how we need to watch it. We still haven't, but it's always in the back of my mind the long list of shows we need to watch. It's fun. It's, it's more passive. It's like, uh, like I said, it's a docuseries. It's, it's like a weekend show. I think you could probably start it like on a Friday night and by Sunday, even if you cut other shows in, other kind of stuff that you want to watch in, Friday to Sunday would be like a good chunk. It's probably what, ten, it's it like done. five two-hour episodes, I think? I don't even think they're two-hour episodes. Are they fully two hours? I, I don't know. They're like an hour it's at most, I don't remember. It's at most ten hours. At most, yeah. Absolutely. I will yeah. add in two other shows, one of which I've seen, one of which I've not seen. Showtime did a four-part series about Wu-Tang that was interesting. It was in the same sort of vein. Oh, cool. It was kind yeah. of, it was mostly, I mean, because Wu-Tang is now at least sort of mostly. Amazon just did a, a Wu-Tang one. They're doing a drama Hulu is, about Hulu is. Hulu's, sorry, yes. Yeah, that apparently is not great. I have not watched this. This is a documentary look back at basically the forming of of Wu-Tang and then sort of the dissolution of Wu-Tang and then when they kind of came back and then the whole Martin Shkreli album, what could oh, cool. be now. It's interesting. It's like four hour, hour and a half episodes, so it's not too long. Oh, cool. And there's another one in terms of country music that I have not seen, but my friend said really good things about, but Ken Burns, the documentarian, is doing an entire documentary series about country music. So that's currently airing on PBS. You know, he did the Vietnam okay. War, I think, last year. He's done baseball. Oh, he's done the Dust Bowl. Nice. He's done National Parks. So he's our great documentarian. So he's doing one on country music. So if you like music. That's awesome. It's out there. Yeah, good tip. Wes says, Joey recommended the show Lodge 49. I remember seeing lots of ads for it while watching one of the other uh, one of the other several AMC shows we're watching. It looked interesting, but I never watched it. Guess I'll add it to the list. Well, Wes, you know, the list keeps growing. <laughs> the list goes on and on, man. Shout out to Alex for shouting me out in his review. It feels like such a weird thing to get mentioned in a review for a show I'm not technically on, but I love it. We loved it too, man. You are, you know, you're as close as you can get, yeah. brother. You know, And that. I'm totally cool with being considered the Leon of the show as long as I don't suffer Leon's fate and just disappear one day without a trace, never to be mentioned again. Well, that's <laughs> that, that fate is up in your hands. It's not gonna, like we're not going to stop talking about it. You, if you stop writing in. Even if you stop writing in, we'd still talk about true. an email that you sent before. So. Where's Wes? Where yeah. Wes at, String? Alex is technically right <laughs> about oil because the definition of a diphthong is two vowel sounds in a single syllable. However, I still stand by anyone who says it's two because pronunciation-wise, it really depends on your accent. I say it is two, but my mom 
with a thick Texas accent, says it as one. And all I can picture is Charlie Kelly from Sunny, as he's an old man from Texas, <laughs> yes. selling uh, gasoline door to door. By the way, I love the name, dude. What's my car for the car game? You've needed an Same. actual name for that for a long time, and I don't think you're likely to come up with a better one. Nope, I don't think so either. Okay. Shout out to Alex Ellenin for that. You know, coming in late but coming in hot out the gate with some ideas, getting implemented already. You mentioned in the minute that Dom is talking to someone named Monica and wondered if it's the same girl Edwin's talking to later. I agree that it probably is because that would be silly to unintentionally give two characters the same name, especially so close to each other in the film. However, I would also say it's even sillier to give the same character multiple names across films, and that's happened to at least three characters in the franchise. I wonder if you remember them all. Well, there's Rico and Tego. And there's also yes. the girl that Han is with, right? Didn't she have, in the beginning of 4, doesn't she have a couple different names? So Han Solo and Han Lu, right? Is, doesn't he have, like, a different name in Tokyo Drift? So that's that, yeah, yes. Although I don't know if he, I don't know if he would count Rico that, because that's, that's the... still Han. But, like, Rico and Tego are, like, you know, Santos and whatever. Santi- Santos, yeah. The girl that Han is with in the beginning of 4, I think her name is Kara... But then she's also Mirtha. Like, remember, there's like different names there. Yeah, because she's in the because she's in the pre the the yes. one prelude. Los yes. Bandoleros, and she has a different name. Los Bandoleros. Yeah, Is she has a different anybody name. Anybody else that has multiple names? There's, I mean, those could be the three. No, like that, that's not even like I don't know. I can't think so. I can't think of anybody else. I mean, like, yeah, that narratively that that they fucked up because, like, Brian Earl Spillner is obviously, like, a different name, but that's for a reason. Like, that's narratively driven. It's an alias. I consider that an alias. Han Lu and Han Solo, like, that could also be an alias, too. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, Wes, if we missed one, let us know. Wes says, another possibility for the Monica thing might come from this little tidbit I learned while watching the commentary, which we will get to on whenever we do a lap about this movie in particular. The girl that Edwin yeah. is talking to before the race, Monica, mm-hmm. which is some woman he yes. had in his trailer, and Rob Cohen asked if she wanted to be in the movie, I guess to give the scene and Edwin's character more humor. According to IMDb, her real name is Monica Tamayo. There's another character accredited as Edwin's babe, maybe the other girl she indicates to, whose real name ah. is Tammy Monica Gagamian. There are Monicas everywhere on set. <laughs> there is two Monicas. There was two Monicas and a Monica, and Dom's talking to Monica, who's maybe the same or not the same Monica. There's at least four then. Who knows? Who the fuck knows? Wes says, I can't wait for Tammy and the T-Rex. I've never seen the original version, just heard it described, but I feel like I need to watch that before you do the R-rated cut. I'm very curious same. to see how they changed it in post-production. I actually haven't seen very many Paul Walker movies outside of this franchise, so I'm excited to see what else comes up throughout the lap. Wes is, like, riding along with us like uh, Mike Manzi, isn't he? I think Mike, uh, I think he still listens. I'm pretty sure he still listens, but I, I think when his movie-a-day streak snapped, I don't know that he's watching along with us anymore, but he's still there with, in okay. spirit in, with us in the uh, proverbial cockpit. But, I mean, like, he was he was with us, and I'm sure that when we do, like, Tammy and the T-Rex or something, I'm, I'm sure Mike is going to watch Probably. it. Probably. Like, just as a wild guess, because, like, you know, he's, he's, he's always close. Sure. That's it for this week. I think you still have a few cars in reserve for Dude, What's My Car, so I won't send another one. But we've been rewatching Breaking Bad to get ready for the new movie, and there are some great cars that. in that show. Maybe I'll send one in for a later episode. Until Ooh. next time, stay furious. Thanks, Wes. Thank you, Wes. I think, yeah, I need to rewatch it, too. I think where we are, our dude, what's my car-wise, Wes sent in one, another one that is related, that you that you already guessed. I'm not going to spoil for the listeners, but that you already yeah. guessed that's a, that was inspired by uh, his wife's biological father. And then yeah. Rachel sent one in the next email that I'm going to read. She sent in a car picture that we're going to do next time. Yep. I think that's the only other one. So if anybody else okay, wants so to send in a car pic, in the bag. now is the time. Now is the time. 
So in that next email from Rachel, car for Joe 2 to guess. Hi, guys. Can't wait to hear Joe uh, Joe try to guess this one. Just saw it on Reddit, and it's a super fucking cool car, in my opinion. I'll attach the pick with the car name, bonus points if you can guess the year. Is that a thing? And also just the pick of the car. Good luck. God, fuck the year. And then she says, and here's here's a hint that you're going to forget about. How do you think they parked this thing? It looks like it's 50 feet long. So just keep that in your mind uh, for the, uh, when we play next, uh, probably two episodes with with Kara, so. A little behind the scenes here, Rachel just heard my half of that and was like, oh, you're reading my email. Yes, we are. <laughs> yes, we are. All right. Next email, or thank you, Rachel, for chiming in in the background there and also emailing thank in. You, thank you, Thank you, thank you, So here, Joe, here's our proposition. Subject line, family matters, in quotes, okay? Hmm. Okay. Yo, Joes, first off, just want to say that I love the podcast. I went on a deep dive for Fast and Furious-related shows after watching Fate of the Furious again this past weekend and stumbled across Who is it? your fine Who's program. Who is it from? We're not talking oh, yet. Oh, uh, for, yeah, it's from Nate Milton. We don't, we don't, it's a new name. New listener, yeah, new name. Definitely. Okay. I wanted to cordially invite y'all onto the Rocky Mayavia Picture Show to discuss Fast Five. Podcast is a Dwayne Johnson-themed movie review show that airs monthly oh. on the post- wrestling network the fast five episode won't air till january so if you're interested we have plenty of time the last three months of the year to synchronize our schedules keep up the good work and justice for han so on twitter he is at nate and eight mosaic so i'm going to let's respond to him live on air i think uh i would be i mean i would be happy to i think i'm happy doing it dude i I, if, if you're a fan i'm a fan that's awesome and yeah we could take a little detour and and head over there, hop in, hop in his garage. So what I'm going to say to him is I'm going to say we are going to our Fast Five episode this lap comes out mid-November. So I'm going to say yes. around that time when it's fresh in our brains. Fair. Let's oh, that's a great too. idea. I really like that. All yeah. right. So, hey, Nate. Not a threesome, but this works. Cool. Well, Nate, thank you for Sent. listening. Send. Keep in mind, that is, you know, we're, we're, sent, we're, we're putting the word out there that the Rocky Mayavia Picture Show, great name is going to cover fast, I guess, all of his movies. We are going to be on the Fast Five episode. If we line it up well, but eventually. No, I like my veggies first. No, I like my veggies first, yeah. Three more emails, Joe. First up, from Wells Lamont, subject line, meal ticket. What, I can't pay for my own shrimp emoji? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God, I love this. Like, between him and Wes with the fucking subject lines. All right. After Suki tells Tej to get the right set of equipment if he wants to get a red eye to Boston on Suki Airlines, she crashes her car in the opening race. Then (laughs) she immediately accepts Tej's next sexual and inappropriate advance at her only because she crashed her car and needs to fixed. It's interesting because they end up with what they both want, even though it may seem immoral to some. Prostitution is the oldest business in the world, right? It's an exchange and there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. So if she got what she wanted, he got what he wanted, and it was all consensual, let them do what they want. I heard a rumor that there will be some never-before-seen footage of P. Walks on a bonus DVD during the con- during the completion of 10. I assume it's just B-roll Ooh. stuff and broken scenes, but nevertheless, it would be cool to see his face again. I agree. And obviously, we will cover it sure. if it exists. So Last thing here, I just found out as I was looking for the line, and it all makes sense now. In the first one, when they're at Race Wars, Letty is about to race this dude. I actually forget what he said to her, but she turns to him and says, You want a piece of ass? Hit Hollywood Boulevard. You want an adrenaline rush? That'll be too large. I always thought she meant too yeah. large, T-O-O large, and it never made sense. I'd always ask ah. people why she said it, why she said it like that, but no one cared to even think about it. I always thought it was just weird writing, but now I realize she's talking about $2,000. I feel better now. Yes. Okay, bros, until next time, peace out. Just say two stacks, right? Like, that's, uh, we learned that. That's, 
We had that conversation last episode. You know, we did. You want adrenaline? Yeah. Two stacks. I always heard it as too large and thought she meant two thousand dollars because immediately afterwards she she like kind of holds the money roll up and like yeah. kind of like shakes it. I use the context even in my young age to realize that she meant too large, like. Racing you know, game. Wells, I love you. I don't think that there was really a, a great, a big mystery here. I think this is always pretty straightforward, but uh, I'm glad that you can <laughs> sleep easier at night now knowing what that line means. Wells, also, I am so disappointed that the Steelers couldn't pull that out because I was going to talk so much mad shit to you if they could have, and it was so close. I wish it could have happened, but I'm just going to eat this humble sandwich, keep my mouth shut on the game, so... You guys had a uh, pretty civil discourse on Twitter following the game. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. Zach was here too, and Zach's a Niners fan. You know that he's, he's he was here watching the game with me. Both of our teams look like shit, so it wasn't like a great game. <laughs> like nobody can really talk shit on when both of your teams look like they suck. So, yeah. Next email also from Wells. Subject line: And like the snows of yesteryear, gone from this earth. What movie? What movie? It's a quote. And like the know. snows of yesteryear, gone from this earth. Do you know it? No, but he has the answer on the bottom. I don't know it, I don't think. We'll find out. Okay. Rasputin is a CD store that also sells many used DVDs from 99 cents up to $10, as well as new DVDs. Okay. It's awesome. I'm lucky to not only have one of these stores, but three near me and a bunch in California. Amazing deals, and my DVD collection has grown to a little over 600 because of it. Nice. What are you st- What are you sitting at, by the way? Me? Close to 2,000. Yeah. Yeah, Joey has a huge DVD collection. It's, like, all in his dining room. <laughs> so, not not in a weird way. It's, like, it's a really nice place for it. It's it's And it's very nicely categorized, organized. So, I'm uh, so. close to, I'm at, like, 1750-ish, and that's including, like, TV okay. seasons and stuff like that, I think, according to my little logger app whatever i only buy used dvds and i find gems upon gems at rasputin the best part is there's only is one 10 minutes 25 minutes and 45 minutes away so i get a wide variety of pickings and choosings i don't take it for granted because this is the type of place that even though it's been around forever could vanish in an instant yeah this is this is like amazon's prime target to like just kill off right like this is so you're blessed to have this around i've been sick since monday so i haven't left the house and i usually save episodes for when i'm in the car because i get 100 percent focused due to no phone in my hand well thank you so much that <laughs> that's awesome, the thing you dude. want the most focus on is us that is that is a level of love and respect that i did not know that we uh we had earned, but not I from anyone. It. Anyone else on the planet doesn't give me that that kind of respect. Because of this illness, I didn't get a chance to listen to this episode until after I sent in the first email. I'm doubling up on you this week. Also, now that y'all are going hard in the paint four times a week, not quite, but I appreciate it. It makes it a tad bit harder to write in every episode. It's still my goal, though. Nothing has changed. And I love your activity. No rush, man. No worries. We get it. It's okay. But we appreciate the emails always, and you always crack me up, so thank you. I also want to say, you know, Joe, you you and I were talking today about how now that we are weekly, I think the episodes are going to be a bit shorter because the intro is going to be a little bit shorter. So, like, don't feel the need. I mean, we would love to hear from everybody every episode, but don't feel the need to, like, listen as fast as possible. Like, I want you to listen to it on your own time in the way that makes the most sense to you, whatever. If you can't write in every week, that's totally fine. One email to cover, two episodes, three episodes, four episodes. Just knowing that you're listening, knowing that you care and that you care enough to write in. You know, that makes me happy. Same. I absolutely agree 100% with you. So, Oh, here is a conversation of what you are saying before. Joe, y'all didn't have your starting QB in, and we still barely beat you. It was a crappy game until both teams started to score a little bit. Niners edged it out, Amen. but I was there last season with no Jimmy G, and I feel your pain. Glad we got through our Agreed, first brother. battle. Many more to come. Just like this five-star podcast, it's forever. 
We will see each other on the gridiron again. Amen, brother. I'm excited. Yeah. I hope that one day we have a Niner Steelers Super Bowl and me, you, and Zach will be lined up there. We'll both be cussing each other out drinking beers, and it'll be awesome. Yeah, Joey, congrats on kicking the Raiders' butts this week. I highly enjoyed it. Well, now we have since seen the Vikings absolutely shit the bed against the Bears with their backup <laughs> quarterback in. I just, I'm done with the Vikings. But uh, I thought y'all were slipping at the beginning, but you smashed those dillies, and I'm thankful for it. The Raiders losing is a close second to my Niners winning as far as Sunday joy. I can feel that, yeah. I know. I know. Inglorious Bastards. Man is the movie, just in case y'all didn't figure it out. Love that line. Fuck! Did he, like, know that Rachel and I just watched... No, he doesn't. He doesn't see, like, Facebook. Like, Rachel and I... I just made Rachel watch this movie, and we've been, like, laughing about the, like, buongiorno for, like, the past, like, three weeks now since we've seen mm. it. <laughs> Grazie. <laughs> yeah, remember when, when Brad Pitt speaking Italian? Pass. Yeah, exactly. When he's the most learned Ra- speaker of Italian in the in the room. <laughs> Rachel always says that, like, when we were in Italy, like, this is very much my uh, second language skills. Like, I would be like, oh, thanks. And she's like, you don't even try. What you saying? She said, I would sit down at dinner and I'd be like, hey, what's up? The waiter would be like, what the fuck are you saying? Because you're just speaking English to me like I understand it. And I say, I, it's, it's like a body language cue that's, and verbal cue that, like, I am not going to understand anything you say in Italian, so let's, like, just get that off the bat, and I'm going to be friendly about it, but I'm not going to understand sure. you. She disagrees, so. Okay. Well, that's okay. Agree to disagree. Last email from Wes Hampton. Subject line, you are my lifespan. What up, fam? Oh. I just wanted to write oh. a quick email regarding this lapse. You are my lifespan. I'm no stranger to adult subject matters. My dad wrote a porno. It's <laughs> one of my favorite podcasts, and I have no problem talking to anyone and everyone about it. In fact, I introduced my mom to it, and we're yeah. all going to the live show together next year. Listen to Ice Cube oh, cool. in the car on the way. <laughs> that being said, the previous chapter of You Are My Lifespan made me deeply uncomfortable, so thanks for that. <laughs> Joe, keep up the good voice work. Rachel, excellent acting in the role of Leon. I can't wait, but I'm also terrified to think about what's coming up in future chapters. Wes. If this was just three, I it could it has to get worse, it right? Can't. Like, I mean, yes. I guess, in theory, it could be the smuttiest it gets but like they it, it's so early it's so early it's way too early like there has to be, yeah it has to get it has to get at least at least this smutty again i'm glad you listened to it though. it was a lot of fun this was like just came at us fast though we it just came, came real fast, fast and furious well that's all the emails today if you want to send an email family at cageclub.me if you listen and you have not sent in your rankings of the movies with or without hobbs and shaw do that. If you've got thoughts on any of the many food-related arguments or battles that we've had on the podcast, write that in. Or if you want to say hi, email family at cageclub.me. Joe, on the streets, there's one big piece of news that I would like to take credit for that I knew was going to happen. The Rock, okay. it seems, is returning to the main Fast and Furious franchise. It seems like he has made amends it, brother. of sorts yep. with Vin Diesel via Instagram. He says, kind of, Toretto, yeah. I'll see you again. Or I don't know if it was exactly those words, because I feel like that. You, I don't know if you can necessarily see, say, see you again in the context of Fast and Furious without breaking into tears. Yeah. But uh, he's coming yeah. back at some point. Like we said, and and like we, when we talked about it, I think that you're right. But I also think that they're going to do like a... It's going to be very minimal, the scenes that they're in together. But hopefully... They have mended their relationship and that they're in multiple scenes together and the storyline continues and that they're good and it's just a fun, happy family again. That's what I hope for. I don't think there's any other real news for this franchise. Like, we're sort of in a lull. Like, I feel like shooting may have wrapped, possibly, for the one that's coming out in May for for 9. And so now it might be in post-production because I feel like... 
there was a while where I was getting pictures from the set or pictures from the scene or whatever, and I feel like that's not happening as much anymore. So it might have yeah. wrapped. I think we're just sort of in a quiet lull period, sort of for news. But uh, boots on the ground, eyes eyes on the on the on the headlines, and we will let you know if anything else comes up. Yeah. Amen. We are now going to do the segment called Rock the Vote. I searched Dwayne Johnson Ooh. president on Google News. Nothing has come up in terms of that. I'm also now going to search The Rock president on Google News. And it uh, does not look like there is any new news about that. So it looks like, for now, Dwayne Johnson He's not, not running in 2020. At least in 2020. For now. So far. For now. I think the funding window is kind of closed, by the way. You know what I mean? Like, if you're not running by Well, he could now, be an independent candidate, couldn't he? You would have started campaigning already. Well, sure, absolutely. Like the, but, I mean, he could also, you know, he probably self-fund campaign of some sort. And, like, you know, I feel like his platform is bigger than most people. I would be willing to bet that The Rock might have more money than Trump. One day, eventually, I'm, I'm so waiting for the day where, like, we are, we're not going to be the ones to break the scoop. But we have been here, we have been checking the, the ballot box, the proverbial ballot box, the list the voting ticket, every week, here and now, yes. in and out. What a burger! In and out. <laughs> no, no news yet. Joe, we have one more thing to do before we take a break and welcome in Carol. We have to talk about the Fast and Furious minute. A minute I called Streets Closed, Pizza Boy. That's the fucking most appropriate name you could have given this. Any other name would have been yes. wrong. So you nailed it. I agree. <laughs> So this is kind of a filler minute. It's kind of a montage. It is kind of a montage. This is a uh, gearing up sort of for the race. We're going to have... So you and I were talking today on Facebook as we were working and and prepping for this of sorts. And uh, because we just watched this to talk about it with Kara, like I remember very vividly that there is a lot here. Like there's... You you were saying that you like... I was like, I think we're probably going to get to the race in like a minute or two. You were saying it's going to be at least two. It's probably going to be closer to like four or five or six. Like there's a lot here before the race starts. So we started the minute... But we hadn't watched the film since, right? So we've been doing a lot of these minutes with a lot of episodes. We might have done – I think we did the first minute. I think we start. we might have started this in lap four. So I think we might have watched the first one with the first one. But we haven't, like – this is definitely the first time, like, since we've been into the minute. That we watched the full movie. Yes, agreed. And I'm like, wow. We kept saying we think that we're going to get to, like, the race and then get back to the the fort – and I was wildly wrong because there's like a bunch of scenes in between. We're like 10 minutes, 15 minutes from the fort, at least. Yeah, because we're like five or six minutes from the race. Then there's going to yeah. be the race, which is probably about five minutes. Then there is the post-race getaway, which is by two or three. Then there's the Johnny Tran scene, which is like probably four. And then there's the fort. So like we're 20, 20, I would say at least 20, yeah. You know, because like in my head, I put kind of like markers of like what happens when. So I'm like, okay, you know, he goes and sees Dom at the thing. 
then they race, then they escape, then they go home. I forgot the Johnny Tran scene. It's there, but it's it's to move the story, but I, I don't put it in this order. So, like, in my timeline, in my head, I was like, holy shit, there's a lot before we get there. Yes, agreed. So, in this minute, there's not a lot that happens that you said that it is sort of like a montage. Everybody sort of heads to the start of the race. The only real noteworthy or notable moment, I think, is that Rob Cohen, the director, shows up. Oh, actually, that was another thing that was in the news. Remember months ago, Nico shared with us that post that he found about Rob Cohen's trans daughter coming out as, like, abusive, yes, sexually abusive. And, like, that was back in, like, mm-hmm. March, April, May like back then like it's finally now it was a a while ago it's finally now being like reported on so like really we're way way early on that but yeah like i don't know if it's just like a a second cycle of it but like the last week or two in my news i've seen a lot of like accused of this accused of that blah 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 and it's i guess not that we didn't think it was real but now it's like it's more out there you know what i mean like it's like people are now talking about it either again or more the first news that we got was like of like a first-hand yes. report from her Facebook, yes. remember? Yep. Like mm-hmm. that was like the first. So this is kind of like the, the report. Yeah, I, yeah exactly. I don't know, but yeah. So he's again not that we want to talk about that or him or whatever. It's just sort of a but fact that it's just a part of the business that we are in of watching this movie, you know, twice a year. Uh, the only notable moment is that he is here as Pizza Boy, the titular Pizza Boy in Streets Closed, Pizza Boy. And also, I was saying to you, I think it's really funny that like. There's basically a four-line exchange where he and Leon are talking back and forth about, like, what's going on here, streets closed, find another way, and then he curses them out or whatever. And, like, we don't even get all of that. We just get two lines here. Like, it's... Because <laughs> there's so it's much so much, It's at the tail yeah. end of that. Like, yeah, it's... Uh, whew. The only other thing that I want to men- make mention of is that the music continues from last minute, Speed of Light, Dominic Story Part 2 by BT. So that is the same song that we heard last minute. But, Joe, this was more a, of a you minute than a me minute, so why don't you hit us with some of your favorite car details and sign details, because this is basically yes. a feast for the car it's all senses. cars and signs. You know, obviously I filled in the as much of the car stuff as I could. Those links are on the thing. I'm not going to bore you with that. Oh, also, just real quick, if you are listening and you have not, if you do not know, the Fast and Furious Minute document is available to our patrons over at patreon.com slash too fast too forever so if you want to see a needless amount of details about all this about this movie too fast too forever.com yes cool things that like the like the cool things i want to talk about get out of the place we we see four cars pull up and you know as i'm trying to keep track of the cars i notice that there's a white van behind a fence over there and that doesn't seem like a prop car it was just like in this person's like kind of garage area you know what i mean like parking spot mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in your building so that was the first thing i noticed second cool thing is Later, we see a bunch of up uh, another bunch of cars pull up. 1996 Honda Accord, and on the front of it, it says www.teaminfrared.com. I went there, dead website. Damn, nobody. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was hoping that it was something cool. Last thing, and this is going to be a two-part. Okay. I don't know if you remember this or not, but hopefully you do. We made a promise to the peoples that when we find phone numbers, oh yes, mm-hmm. in Fast and the Furious. We're going to call them. Yep. In the cars, we have the Pizza Hut numbers on the on the hood. Like on the, what what do you call this? Like the... Oh, like, like, the, like, the, car... like the light up thing on top? Yeah, what is it? There has to be a name for that, yeah. right? What do you call... Just a car top magnetic sign, pizza delivery sign, car topper, magnetic car sign. Car yeah, just a car topper. That yeah. sounds right. So we have the phone number for that. Then we get two really cool buildings in this scene that I want to talk about. There's one building called the ETS building. It looks like it's it's hard to read, even, you know, stopped, high def, whatever. It looks like it says Edmonds Transport Service. I can't... And then there's another sign on the side of the building that has a phone number. Definitely can't make that out. The other building, one car comes through an alley 
and one car is on the street. And that building is, you can actually read what it is, and it says UAS Tires and Wheels, uh, and then it says Polished Rims underneath it on the front. That company still exists, and it's in California. And so I went and I found it on Google Maps. They've repainted it, re-signed it, but it's definitely still the same place because I looked and on the curb, there's like a kind of like a street marker Mm -hmm. on the Mm -hmm. curb that like tells you like what block you're in. And it says 12027 in the movie. And when I went on Google Maps, it's also 12027. So, you know, names match, curbs match, everything matches. So I thought that was really cool. And if you have the document, you can go to Google Maps and I positioned it so that you see it in the same kind of angle that you would see it in the movie, and you can kind of match those there. I think that's pretty cool. All right, so I'm going to call now Pizza Hut. So I Googled this phone number to see if it came up, and I think that it looks like the area code might have changed, like the exchange and the, and the final is right, but uh, I'm going to call this and see what happens. Hold on. I'm sorry, What? who is this? Oh, I'm sorry, I have the wrong phone number. I don't know what it is. What I don't you know. Say? I don't know. Give you give you this now? It sounded like a, a restaurant of some kind, but I couldn't... I don't know what it was. It's somewhere in Culver City. I don't know. Man, I was hoping... It didn't sound like maybe Pizza Hut South? That one's That hard. was hard. Okay, let me call uh, UAS. Because I was just going to ask how if, if, if he answered as... If, if the street's closed. Street's closed, uh, street's closed, pizza boy. But I was also going to say, when I call a place that I'm not sure if it's open or not, like I just I call them, and I, I never know what to say. Like I don't want to just hang up. I'd be like, oh, hey, how late are you open tonight? Um, so I was going to say that. Exactly. And then I was going to say, do you know that your phone number is featured in the Fast and Furious movie? And then Street's Closed Pizza Boy. And you know, see how it goes from there. But let me, uh, cool. let me call that this. Uh, do you think that one of these phone numbers is the fax number? One of these is the phone number phone number? I think so. Mini spoiler, on the front of the building, the phone number's on there. All right. Let me see. But I do want to know if they know that their phone number's in the I'll movie. I'll find out. Hey, how's it going? How late are you guys open tonight? Uh, I just wanted, I, I had a question for you. This is sort of like a weird question. Do you know that your company's phone number is featured in the first Fast and Furious movie? Uh-huh. It's pretty cool, right? Yeah, the first one, yeah. Yeah, you guys, have, that's that, that's like a 20-year-old thing. Like, you guys have been around for a while, huh? Yeah. That's awesome. Did you, were, do you, were you around, were you working there at the time when the movie was shot? Yeah, I was over here when they make the movie, yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Like, were, were you, is this a weird question, were you in the movie? No, sir. I was just watching the waiting for the movie. All right. Very cool. Well, thank you so much. All I right. really appreciate it. All right. All right. Bye. Damn. Holy yeah, shit. That was, cool. that was really fucking cool. Great interview. Well, thank you. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, wh- why not? This is this is the kind of hard-hitting journalism you're going to get here on Too Fast, Too Forever. And that is for sure, if I remember, going in the write-up for the episode, like uh, a never-before-first here on Too Fast, Too Forever. A very special guest guest call-in caller a very special guest interview oh man cool from someone cool, that cool. was there he was just like so chill about it too he was like yeah man like i was here when they <laughs> shot the movie <laughs> like like what the fuck do you mean yeah like, and you know i it's, i don't think it's crazy because like, we've heard and we sort of pictured that like a lot of people back then would have just been around right and like just you know if you had a he sounds like up. hector it could have easily yeah I, I, you were you were very well to do to ask if he had been in the yeah, movie. I thought, I thought so. He was like, nah, but like I saw, and then he was like, the first one. Like, yeah, yeah. like I mean, it's just basically, he's just like, you know, I, I I just watched it like you do. It's like, oh yeah, okay, okay, cool. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. Wow, shout out to him. Shout out to UAS Tires. Number and three, baby. Uh, yeah, you can find them online and. And hopefully if you're in California and you need tires and wheels, check out UAS. I wonder how many times they get... I 
can't be off. I mean, I'm sure it's not the first time, but I can't he, be. He often. didn't seem. He didn't seem perturbed enough for it to be like. Calm. No, but I also he also didn't. It wasn't like oh I didn't know that. Like he knew. You know, it's just like oh like I've heard. But this he said before. he was there during it. Man, oh man. So well, that was exciting. Next minute, we're gonna have some more prep. We're gonna have the the farewell of Rob Cohen from the movie, and then we are also yeah. going to have the maybe we're, maybe we're gonna get Monica next minute. I don't know. Monica number one. Monica Who number knows? two. Real Monica, fake Monica. We, we don't do even not know. know. But let us take a quick break, Joe. Let's bring in Cara Gallo Regan of the Wistful Thinking Podcast and talk all about The Fast and the Furious from 2001. operated. The Next Street is owned and run by the DeFore family, a synonymous name with transportation safety in Connecticut. Beyond the Next Street, their all-star transportation business is Connecticut's leader in school bus transportation, transporting over 35,000 students each day through Litchfield, New Haven, and upper Fairfield counties. Thank you, The Next Street, which is the premier driving school in Connecticut. Yes, for our global podcast, I'm glad we went uh, close to your roots, tapped in close to home, found if you if you i googled next street the first one is building a better future for small business i was like is this where we're going it's the no, next not street. that sponsor com. then it's yeah manual stick shift driving lessons best ct exactly. learners permit test study guide and the best driving schools in ct parentheses connecticut yes. as you know as we mentioned at the top of the show this is the kickoff to the driving school lap with us this entire lap Someone who had never seen any of these movies before. She has now seen the first one. One of nine. We're 11% of the way through. Welcome to the program, Cara Galo Regan. Hello, Cara. Hello. I'm so excited. Welcome back from our little interview that we did with you a couple weeks ago that we released that people liked. I think everybody's pumped. We are so thrilled that you're here. Yeah. People liked it. They did. They were really confused about the order we're going to show them to you in. They were excited to hear from Mm -hmm. you. They're really stoked to hear someone that's never... Uh, seen any of them before so yeah you already got some fans oh, yes. how exciting um i'm also confused about the order because i remember that we talked about watching them in maybe a different order but i don't remember yes. any of the details of it's that. so easy well, that is it's fine so easy we're we'll going to you. tell yeah. you episode by episode you're also going to have a little bit of a bonus homework for the next episode you're not only going to have to watch too fast too furious you're also going to watch a six-minute sort of turbocharged prelude, <laughs> an interlude that gets Brian from where he is in this movie to where he's going to wind up in the it's next. It's like a okay, really long. So I don't want Brian. you to know. It's a really long montage with no dialogue. Hey, <laughs> okay, I love a montage. It's, it's on YouTube. It's it's exactly what you. It's exactly like Joe's description is exactly what it is. It's just it's not worth watching, but you <laughs> yeah. must okay. watch it. Yeah, absolutely. But who is Brian? Oh, he's the main character. He's Paul Walker. Oh, okay. He is uh, Tammy. Very Tammy bad the T-Rex. with names. It's okay. So. He's the titular T-Rex. I'm also very bad with names. That's why we have Ronda Rousey and fake Ronda Rousey. So it's okay. <laughs> yep. Even though I'm trying to get that to be Gina Carano and fake Gina Carano. <laughs> but uh, we will we'll get there when we get there. Cara, before we dive into 
the world of the Fast and the Furious, your first walk down the family saga, you know, your 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 first driving school lesson. We've got some either or questions. Ooh, I have a, I have and one. We're gonna have questions I have for one you to jump to jump it. Well, we have a series of questions we're gonna ask over the, basically the course of all nine movies because they're all about things that you're gonna learn as you go on. Joe, are you gonna ask the one that we just that you just thought of? Yeah, it's not an either or question though. But I had a question that fits in with the sponsor. Oh, I thought because you you also just came up with an inter, with a with an either or question that we're going to add. So I thought you were going to jump on that. We'll get to that oh, later. No. But what's the uh, question you wanted to ask? I wanted to ask. I know she said that she's like not a huge car person, but because the next street dot com sponsored this episode, I wanted to mm-hmm. know has she ever driven a manual stick car? No. Have you ever no. tried? I have not. Although I, one of my very good friends always drove stick and i have some questions about loud cars we'll get to it okay uh he also had a loud car but anyway uh he had this like habit of falling asleep while driving (gasps) uh, which was always terrifying (laughs) was he narcoleptic or something like what the hell Uh, is going on maybe i don't know um so i would have to like clap and sing to keep him awake because i couldn't drive stick so if he fell asleep behind the wheel of his car I wouldn't be able to, like, get home. Terrible. <laughs> scary. Yeah. 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 Actually, that was kind of scary. So you could when the pressure was on. When the, when, the t- when the crunch was on, when the time was needed, when you're barreling down the highway and, you know, he says, take the wheel, I'm about to save Vince's life, uh, you, could, you could jump in there and, and start doing it then. I mean, I don't think so. I don't. I don't. I wouldn't even know. Like I know start? that there's a clutch and I know <laughs> you have to move the little thing. I don't know. I, I believe that you have to do them in in tandem with each other at the same time. That's okay. I can do good. a foot hand thing. I played piano. But <laughs> you know, um, I do want to say you are more knowledgeable than I am about that. So right. as unsure as you may sound, you are still leaps and bounds above me. So But I was just uh, like I wouldn't I wouldn't know what to do. So instead of taking the wheel, I would probably be clapping and singing the Beach Boys very loudly. Totally fine. That's, that's <laughs> the kind of person that I want. Wake up, wake up. Yeah. All right, Kara, some either or questions for you. Number 1. Are you more of a Brian or a Dom? Based on this first movie, we can we can go through these at the end too, in case your your opinions change. Are you more of a Paul Walker or a Vin Diesel? There are characters in these movies. So that's hard because I I feel like I don't have a sense of their character traits enough yet. That's fair. That's okay, a good we answer. Can, we can yeah, pass okay. if you want to pass. You know, we can pass. I mean, but at the same time, like I'm not a fucking cop, so probably <laughs> oh. Dom. <laughs> All I gotta say is hashtag Vince was right. That's my new hashtag for this movie. Vince was right the whole time. Who's Vince? Vince is the guy who hates Brian. He's the one who loves uh, Mia. Mia Mia Uh spurns him, scorns him, and he's the one who says, Dom, he's a cop. And Dom's like, no, no, man. But yeah. Dude, why did you bring him here? You don't even know him. Oh, you know what else? Also, another uh, tick in the Dom column is the very first note I wrote down while watching this after the question is this the reason so many dudes I went to high school with had loud cars, question mark. The very first note that I took was, no crust, tuna fish sandwich, what a little bitch. Uh, <laughs> so I, I feel very strongly about the st- structural integrity of sandwiches, and when you cut off the crust, it's just... Mush, know. yeah. So you're less of a dom because you're a dom, but you're more of a dom because not you're a not Brian. a Brian. yeah. I'm right. really defining myself by what, by what I am not. It's okay. Hey, whatever works for you works for us. Mm-hmm. Question number two. Are you, and this is, I think this is going to be a, maybe a tougher question. Are you more of a Mia, a Jordana Brewster, mm-hmm. or are you more of a Letty, Michelle Rodriguez? Oh, definitely a Letty. Okay. We don't get a lot of confident Letties. 
Like, everybody's <laughs> usually like, oh, man, like, I want to be Letty, but I'm not. And you were just like, you are Letty. So I like that. Yeah. I'm a, I, I'm a Letty who wants to kiss a Mia, maybe. Oh. That's that's the, the the real answer to that question. I think Letty wants to kiss Mia. I think they both want to kiss each other. Probably. They might. But there's often a lot of Dom and Letty combos or a lot of Brian and Mia True. combos, and this continued here for yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preference between... American Muscle, basically the kind of cars that Dom drives, mm-hmm. or imports or tuners, the kind of cars that Brian drives. And they're going to evolve as the series goes on, but are you more a fan of American Muscle or Japanese, or whatever, imports? I mean, it's hard to say, because I do really love those big, old American cars, although beautiful. maybe not those that would be considered a muscle car. But on the other hand... I drove the same Toyota Corolla for 10 years, and it never failed me. Oh, yeah, those are good cars. You know, yeah. and now I have a Prius, and I've had that for five years. Also great. Yep. So, hard to say. Well, you're not going to be locked into it until we get to Hobbs and Shaw, in which case, okay. by then, then you're going to be locked in. But if you had yeah. to pick one now, just to, just to sort of lay the baseline. For the aesthetics, American muscle car. Okay. But for the All reliability, right. it would be a Toyota. <laughs> Amen. We'll all, we'll do. Uh, Joe, do you want to do your new one now, or do you want to save it for I don't remember what episode? it was. I know I sent it to you, but all I right. don't. So you can send it, but thank you for giving me credit for coming up with it. I appreciate that. This is something, Kara, that has nothing to do with the movies. Do you prefer? And if if you've neither had, they're not really around here. So if you've had neither, you have no oh. preference. That's also fine. Do you prefer In and Out? Or what a burger! I've never eaten either. Oh. I think that's. I think a lot of people, Joe, are going to have that answer. I think because oh, yeah, In and Out is predominantly speaking. West Coast, yeah. yeah, and what a burger predominantly Texas. Uh, so I think it's 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 a tough question to ask of most of our guests that's who true, are because we're pretty much you know, all from around here. here, right? So, and that's all the questions for now. We're going to get to more every episode from here on out. But I think starting off as a Dom, a Letty, and a fan of American Muscle, you know. <laughs> We'll pretty, see where you go. Solid start. We'll see where you go. How you evolve we'll from see where there. I go. All right, Carol. Well, now the floor is essentially yours. I, I messaged you. Joe and I were talking to you and said, you know, pardon the pun, but we're going to put you really in the driver's seat. You know, there's no better way to learn in driving school than just to get behind the wheel. Joe and I have talked about each of these movies four times already. This is old hat yeah, for us. But I want to know, just like the jump off though, did, did, like, did you like it? This was your first yeah. watch. How did it feel? Yeah. Like, off the cuff, general, generalization thoughts. Like, how did you feel about it? You didn't like it. You didn't like this character. You liked this part. Whatever you want. Yeah. As Jordan put it, it's a real uh, feast for the senses. Like, there's... <laughs> it gets better. There's a lot. But I mean that actually in, like, a great way. I'll expand on that in a moment. I thought it was super fun. I was excited going into it because we've been building this up for a really long time. True. And I've, like, at a certain point was, like not watching these on purpose because I was like, well, if I'm going to do it, I got to do it all. And if I'm going to do it all, I might as well do it for a thing. So here we are. Thank you. Uh, So that was exciting. I was relieved that there didn't seem to be much of a plot because I just wasn't really... Wasn't really in the headspace for like a plot heavy situation. There never really is. No. That's fantastic. Wonderful. Well, so that's the thing that Joe and I often talk about when we, we talk about these movies. We talk about the action scenes, we talk about the characters, the the sort of the little moments, and then we're like, well, how do how do how do they get from there? Like, what's the and like it doesn't matter. And sometimes it's just like, like it matters, sometimes but it's it doesn't just like, matter. Bad guy. You know what I mean? It's like why yeah. are they bad? It's just like they're evil. Or like how did they get there? They're like had to. You know, like, there's yeah, not who really... who cares? Yeah. 
You don't need strict answers <laughs> yeah. for this. Yeah. No, I like that. I'm open to it. It felt like so- there was something for everyone, you know, yes. unless you only watch movies for a plot, in which case <laughs> that must be so disappointing all of the time. But there's so much more to enjoy about movies, this movie in particular. I mean, the very like sweet spot of like Y2K technology time where it was like, yo, look mm. at this shit we can do with computers now yeah. <laughs> before it got like really annoying. We'll get there too. Like, yeah. <laughs> The soundtrack was hilarious and wonderful, you know, and also, I mean, it helps that this movie came out, like, in a very formative time for people our age when our brains were really cooking in that 2001 juice. Yes. And I also wrote down that this is the most, like, pre-9-11 2001 thing I've ever seen. (laughs) I mean that in, in the most beautiful of ways. It's free. It is very free. If that's what you meant by yeah. that, it feel it feels loose. <laughs> like it's it's loose. It's like it's frivolous. I think is the thing that that feels, and it's also like you know, here's this guy. He's an undercover cop with the LAPD, and like is going after gangs. Like there's some dark history there if you know anything about policing <laughs> in Los Angeles. So like the fact that like it wasn't super heavy around that sort of thing was was kind of nice oh that house that they're working out of like the fbi what are they doing there why are they there i don't know i don't care (laughs) eddie fisher apparently built it for elizabeth taylor oh amazing what an incredible location i don't know if that's true but they say it in the movie (laughs) but i'm serious it's like such a beautiful location it it, the movie is shot so beautifully and it's like this incredible love letter to the city of Los Angeles, I think. They're like oh, all over sure. the place. The lighting is great, and I've been saving this for last, although there's probably other things that I could talk that that I enjoyed about this, but this is a big one, the fucking costumes. <laughs> and this was is probably the most tangibly 2001 thing is the way that people are dressed in this movie so many tank tops so many mesh tank tops so many tank tops so a lot of mesh a lot of see-through the thing that is just so eminently 2001 is the amount of pleather that is in this movie (laughs) oh yeah so there is so we are i don't know if you know this i guess that there'd be no reason for you to know this unless you directly disobeyed me and listened to earlier episodes which i don't think you which did. I did not do but joe and i are going through these this the, the essentially all of the movies but we're starting with the first one uh minute by yes. minute and so we're doing the fast and furious minute just like there's the star wars minute podcast we're doing one minute per episode there when we get to letty for i don't know if it's the first time we see her or like the second time we see her she is wearing i think like three belts <laughs> and <laughs> I like took, i took many pictures of the screen while I was watching this because I wanted to remember the exact costumes that people were wearing. She has... And describe them in detail for you. Low-hanging hip-hugger pants that are like exposing most of her underwear, three belts on, multiple Mm -hmm. bracelets, multiple necklaces, glasses, like everything. Uh, Like It's just like they went to Delia's and got all of it. That's what they call a layered look. Oh. Um... And her look is a little more wet seal than Delia's, I would say. Oh. But I think those two stores might have been owned by the same company. But both very much like mall stores oh, yeah. of the late 90s and 2000s. Let me see if I can pull up a... Well, So as you pull that up, I have, I have two questions for you that I want to sort of get a sense. And I think this is... There could be two questions that we ask every time. I think there's one that I want to ask every time. Steal a page from our 
TomTom playbook. I want to know, Kara, what your favorite moment in this movie is. And I also want to know, specifically from you, what your favorite outfit is. Oh my god. Well, that's an impossible question. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite moment from this movie is so unnecessary. It's, I don't know when it happens. I don't know what else happens. I don't, I don't know. Michelle Rodriguez is, you know, she's all dirty and a, and a wife beater and looking like extremely hot. And she is holding up a can of oil, question mark? I have no idea what she's holding. But she is holding it in this way where her body is positioned in this like very purposeful way to like <laughs> mm-hmm. accentuate like to be her, hot, yeah. her sh- to be hot, yeah. And it's like no one would ever stand that way to do that. But I just I appreciated it because the other thing that's great about this movie and the costumes is that. And Joey, we talked about this on my season of Cinemakers, particularly when we did the episode about Clueless, because Amy Heckerling pays such loving detail to the costumes in her movies, shoots them very well, and and worked with a cinematographer who understood clothes really well is that like these outfits work in close-up they work in a wide shot like they're like so clothes are almost like their own character in the movie (laughs) it's true you know yeah i i mean like we look at the at the clothes just for like the minute to like document the clothing Mm -hmm. it plays a huge factor in this movie more so than you like even notice if you're not looking at it through a lens like you specifically are you know like if you're like looking at the costumes because it feels so natural to me that it's like so 2001 that i'm like oh they must have just been like wearing these but like no there's somebody out there like picking them (laughs) making very specific choices yes definitely and like and i think it is a credit to the costume designer i'm not even focused really on the costumes because it just feels so natural mm-hmm. and that's a hard yeah. thing to pull off so yeah i mean i was like a little distracted by the costumes a few times but like in a great way like in the <laughs> way that like this is supposed to be the focal point at this moment one is when they're at that like big car meet up what are those race called? wars that's a thing no 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 uh just like which a, is a, a race hilarious yeah problematic type. yes no it's it wasn't the race wars it, it was like one of the earlier like oh they have like a second like street race hanging out at night and everyone's there with their cars yeah. situation yeah. pre-race it, it's like a slow motion like these people pull up the door opens and these women step out of the car and the way that they're like their legs are shot and it's it's just beautiful and because it's just like i mean obviously it's like showing their bodies and showing Mm -hmm, these pretty mm -hmm. ladies but it's also like showing what they're wearing in like a really great way you know it's it's thigh high socks and like platform mary (laughs) jeans and like super duper mini skirts with like multiple belts mid drift low rise see-through mini shirts with like a bra underneath amazing just all amazing the other moment like that is i guess at some point an asian motorcycle gang pulls up and as the guys are getting off of their motorcycles it's like a slow motion and the camera is like looking right at his ass and you just see these like amazing uh faux snakeskin pleather pants and then the other guy is wearing these red pleather pants and it's just it's it's johnny trans cousin lance 
We know all about him. Oh, boy. Uh, Carol, I do want to give special a special shout-out to Sonia Hayes, who is mm-hmm. the woman who did the costume design. When we had hey, Gwen. Uh, Gwen Watkins yeah. on a couple episodes ago, she interviewed Sonia Hayes for Ooh. Yahoo and spoke about that. But she has done all ten of the Fast and Furious Perfect. movies, not Hobbs and Shaw. Okay. Uh, which, again, has great costumes. Cara, there's something that Jordan picked out, a very, very minor detail in Hobbs and Shaw that she really oh. appreciated. Costume-adjacent, but not exactly costume-related. But this, here's also the, the the some of the other credits that Sonya Hayes has worked on recently. We've got Captain Marvel. Damn! We've got Star Trek Beyond. Okay. We've got the, the remake of Total Recall. We've got Piranha 3D. We've got the uh, Nicolas Cage movie Next with him and Jessica Biel. Oh. Close to my heart. Uh, Cheaper by the Dozen, Big Fat Liar, Along Came a Spider, Blade. All the way back to 1989, Blade. she's been doing costume Blade work, is so pretty big, too, man. She's uh, pretty serious. She did The Mummy, um, Star Trek Beyond, Independence Day, Stargate. Like She's always she been like on like, breath, big too, movies. Right? Like That's like pretty yeah. far-stretched. Far like. Yeah, it's not just like nineties. So many stylistic, yeah, a heavy hitter. Yeah. Uh, one thing that Jordan said when I brought up the costumes, she was like, "I feel like it's all like a lot of ugly purple," and it made me laugh really hard <laughs> because it's like this very specific color that was very in them. That's this like ugly, dark, but kind of dusty purple, and there's a lot of it. There is a lot of ugly purple in this movie. It's like Marie <laughs> from Breaking Bad or something, right? They're minerals, Marie. <laughs> God damn it. So now, sort of related to fashion, definitely in that world, Kara, something that you have taught me, and I, I honestly don't know the answer to this question because I am looking for so many other things. Are you but about on, to ask me about eyebrows? I am, I am exactly <laughs> going to ask you about eyebrows. On Wistful Thinking, uh, you and Jordan have trained me to pay attention because I feel like this is around the time where we had a real eyebrow crisis, right? Like, this is where... Lack of eyebrows? Know, eyebrows. Super thin? This within was an inch the of their height life. of the eyebrow scare mm-hmm. of the early t- 2000s. The, yes, absolutely. The eyebrow so how, how would you rate the eyebrows in this movie? Are they on point? Are they, uh, are they worrying? Are they almost gone? Like, where How do they, where do they fall? <laughs> I mean, for the style, they're on point. You know, mm-hmm. they match. They match the setting. They like they. They're of the time. Absolutely, okay. absolutely. I just the other day watched Halloween H two O. I love that movie so much. I think it might be my favorite one. I agree. Of the Halloween. I very that much is agree. At least the, the ones Bonkers. that I've seen. Michelle Williams, the tiniest eyebrows in film history. <laughs> um, the sad sorry. queen. One of my one of the notes that I took that says kind of everything about everything. Essentially, all of what I just talked about and particularly what we're talking about now just all one line no punctuation eyebrows fashion music do the subwoofers make them go faster <laughs> that should be the tagline on like the on the case of the movie because i feel like they imply that the subwoofers make them go faster it's not they, like turn it's up the music nos. and it's like mm, we're going faster now yeah I, I do think that they have that like thing in some car that some cars have that like as you go faster the music gets louder though interesting yeah like when you set your radio to like speed mode and like as you drive faster, your music gets louder. I think I, yep. they definitely have that. You mentioned that you love the soundtrack in this movie. You love the score. Is there are, because there's the one thing I noticed this time around much more so than previous viewings, and I think it's because of our work on the Fast and Furious Minute, is that I feel like this time around I noticed sort of the theme, like some of the things, like the the Brian's theme in the beginning when he's practicing driving. Yes, like that sort of motif that the sort of the sounds from those that song pop up later in the movie and there's a couple different songs that sort of repeat or sort of there's like a reprise of some kind throughout the movie i really like that about this but Kara, this is again in terms of the 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 songs not necessarily the score but the actual like you know soundtrack of this movie it's a very 
time capsule 2001. Yeah. But what did you think? Did you, uh, did you like that element of it? I loved it. I mean, Limp Biscuit starts, there's like a needle drop of a Limp Biscuit song, and I laughed so hard. Because it's like, yes, exactly. <laughs> Perfect. What else could you possibly put This here? is like a Limp Nothing. Biscuit music video in its own way. It truly is. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've mentioned it on here, but I will say it again. When I was in Amsterdam and I took the tour of the Heineken Brewery with my one-on-one tour guide, and I when I fell in love with the Dutch girl that took me around, we got to this bar at the end because I took the, the the VIP tour and she's like, oh, we can put on music while we talk or whatever. I was like, you just put on whatever you want. And I don't remember how it came up, but we started talking about Limp Bizkit's Nookie. And I was like, before you were born, because she is a baby, I was like, before you were born, around the time you were born, the biggest song in the world was the song <laughs> Nookie. And it is such a, like, an, like, it's impossible, I think, to explain how that was the most popular. I mean, it's easy to explain how they're the it's most like popular so in the world. It's so shitty pop, but hip hop. Also, the most bananas descriptor of the late 90s early 2000s like this was emblematic of so many things and it makes perfect sense it's also like how was this ever our favorite thing no but we all fucking loved it that song played everywhere all the time man, i had a man, i had a red oh, yankees hat because of fred durst man it was like the coolest thing ever speaking of a minute really quickly in the last minute that we did not this episode but i think it was the relap recap okay. when we saw the cars go leave for the race right yes and the one so veered off. One goes way. I think that's Jesse. I think so too. I, I think I said that. I think it looked like it was Jesse. It was like a. It was like a foreshadowing of him like driving away at the end of race wars. And if we caught that, and if that was intentional at all, awesome. Probably not. Because it's definitely a white car with a decal on the yeah. side that sort of looks like his like Jetta. green sort of wavy. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it does. Guess he's getting the car wash, or maybe he's like because they all sort of go in different directions. Maybe he's I blocking another that's street. What I, think. I don't know. I think that he's an integral part of setting up the logistics of the race, and that he is taking like a shortcut to like get yeah. to the finish line or like yep. the cutoff point. And I think that that's ultimately what's going on there with this like wide left turn as everybody's going straight. But who knows? And also speaking of race wars, there is a guy that I don't know, I'm pretty sure that I've noticed before, but now I am very excited to get to him in the Fast and Furious Minute. In that scene where uh, where Jesse loses his car to Johnny Tran, there is a sort of an overweight Asian dude who is raving with a visor. Yes. I don't know if you remember oh, him. I, remember I him. cannot wait to Glow talk all about him. Yeah in, like, 60 episodes. Because <laughs> we'll he there. is a hero in this movie. One thing that I noticed, and Kara, I want to sort of get your opinion on this, because I feel like my personality, and, and also the personality of the character that I got in the quiz in terms of Mia, I feel like I am really the den mother. I want to sort of make sure that everyone's having a good time. Like, people sort of bring problems to me. I'm like, I gotta figure this out now. But what I noticed this time around is it feels like Dom is sort of in this movie, more so than in any other movie, maybe more so than all the other movies combined, feels like Dom is kind of like an overworked parent. Like, it feels yes. like everybody around him is making just terrible decisions. Mm-hmm. And he's like, God damn it, guys. Like, Jesse, like, why would Jesse, number one, bet his car pretend, against Johnny Pretend Tran. like he doesn't like, he know who Johnny, Johnny Tran. Tran is. And then to drive away, like, out of fear. Like, you're not going to, like, God, like, in that moment, I was just like, oh, he's been dealing with a lot of nonsense. Yeah. That feeling when all your friends are idiots. Oh, yeah. yeah for sure. And I, I don't know that I ever really grasped that, but I feel like that's... It's something, Kara, that does not really, I don't think, stay true for the rest of the f- series, but like it's something that's very interesting about his the, the type of character Fatherly. that they're building in this movie. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. What's the deal with the monologue that he has about his dead dad? That's the reason why he has the muscle car and why he's in this in-between world. And it yeah. also shows... 
about his care of family and how important family mm-hmm. is to him and also like gives him that fraternal like longing that he wants mm-hmm. that I think it explains the fatherliness that we that we were just talking about right. like why he would put up with all that bullshit yeah cuz he's now like you know the dad he has to it explains why he's taking care of Mia so much and why she's not like free I think it's I think it's just well, like to, to frame the family to give him a background of like why family is so important and mm-hmm. also to you know point out that he's a criminal he like always was a criminal right and also so that he can say the most important line in the movie but what's, what's the most important line in the movie uh, something about living a quarter mile at a time I'm not sure exactly what okay because <laughs> also I like I've heard Joey at least say it I was like oh that's where this is from that's yeah. so that was leads perfectly into my next question that I had for you as you watch this for the first first time do you have any memorable quotes from this movie now and were there any quotes that you recognize and you're like oh shit that's why everybody says this only that one only i live a quarter mile i only live my life a quarter mile at a time Uh not even like i think so streets closed pizza boy you know that common phrase that everyone says streets closed pizza boy (laughs) we say it all um actually i wasn't done talking about dom's dead dad no please go ahead talk about dom's dead dad please (laughs) actually it's not really about his dead dad just that i I found it interesting. It felt like like a shortcut to to bond the two of them, get them to like a closer emotional Who, place. Paul and Dom, Paul Walker. Yeah, yeah, in that scene. But like, I don't understand why Dom all of a sudden gets super vulnerable with him. Like that seems to me to be out of character for him to like make this whole melodramatic speech, which is like acting class level. At best, well, it sounds real bad. The I think the easy answer is because they're falling in love. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, that's like that the beginning of the bromance. Makes a lot more sense. I don't know if you know this, but this is this is a pretty straightforward remake of sorts of Point Break, and so the Keanu and Swayze characters oh, are basically Paul Walker and Vin Diesel. Known that, and so we didn't say that even more. We didn't tell you that. Oh, so we played that. I don't think so. I don't know. I I sort of didn't want to because I didn't want to okay. like sort of explain where it was going to go because I mean it's it's the if you knew the plot you know, the yeah. cop intruding on True. or entering into a crime ring and then in the end choosing the criminal over his job essentially and letting him go yeah. like it's the same kind of story and just like how you know there's Lauren Petty in mm-hmm. in Point Break Mia there's Mia here but it's not really like it's kind of a bromance like it's a very homoerotic yeah. love story between two men two aggro tough men you know in a world that is that they, they just fall in love and i think that's why he shares all that because he's forming a bond like even in spite of you know right. probably his own intuition and what vince is saying all that yeah all of his other he, friends he, say he loves shitty. He, he he connects with brian in a way that i don't know if he knows why but it's you know he's falling in love oh well, he's beautiful yeah, that so that's a lot why more sense two things about point break one, Lori Petty is way cooler than Mia and way more important True. and way better. Like she just like is is like a far more active character. She's a she's a she's a nice mix of Mia and Letty. And I think she's leans yeah. a little bit more Letty in point break. Mm-hmm, they sure. kinda just split that character into two pieces. Which I would normally be thrilled. Oh look, instead of one woman, there's two. But I find both of them a little lacking at the moment. Uh, maybe that will change over the course of the series. We'll find out. Second thing about Point Break, as disappointed as I am that I didn't know that going into this, I am also glad because I would have been disappointed. I I just, I feel like Point Break visually is such a a visionary kind of work of art. Not that this isn't, 
I mean, yeah, you were just saying you loved it, so. But I, I, I would have maybe been a little bit disappointed if I was like expecting Point Break. It's a nice homage. We get like lots of like nods to Point Break in it. So yeah, if you like one, you'll like the other. You might have a preference or something, but they're similar. I feel like Fast and Furious is definitely like a a very aggressive nod towards Point Break at some points. Like you see some of the shots, mm-hmm. and you're like, "Yep, there you go." They definitely watch this one. Like they watch Point Break, and they were like. Yeah, let's do that again. It's interesting also because Point Break just like logistically is such an insane movie because it, like Ooh. there's so much of the like surfing mm-hmm. and like being in the water and actual skydiving, which is also mind boggling. Um, and in this, there's so much like technical stunt work that was probably also a nightmare to shoot. Do you want to know a cool piece of trivia? Absolutely. Always. Forever. You know the restaurant that she works at in Point Break that Kilani goes to meet her at? Uh-huh. That's the same restaurant that Brian and Dom are in, eating shrimps. No way. I mean, I definitely recognized it, and I was I was, I was trying to place it. And it's probably been in, like, a bunch of movies. Yeah. I like that scene a lot, actually, the, between the two of them. It's also in, I think, Iron Man 3. I think he has, like, the breakdown in front of it and then flies off to Tennessee or something. Like, oh, there's, yeah. It's in a handful of movies, but yeah, but for sure, I mean, the two movies that are basically the same. Um, and it's still there. Like, that, that restaurant still exists, and, you know, we've had listeners go there and take pictures there and yeah. send them in, so... You can do that. Like, that's part of the uh, California Tour. Fast and Furious experience. Yeah. That reminds me, this movie made me hungry a bunch of times, too. I Ooh. thought that, like, it, the food scenes were Foodie great, films? Kyle they... Reinfried? <laughs> <laughs> There's that Mexican restaurant that they go to. The and, like, immediately I was like, oh, my God, I really want Mexican food now. Popcorn. When they're in that restaurant, he's, like, disgustingly eating shrimp, and it made me want to eat shrimp. Like, another well-crafted piece of it. Well, Kyra, just remember that if you take the first piece of barbecue, you have to say grace. I also do, like, I noticed this time <laughs> that, like, Dom explains that in a way where, like, nobody's heard that before. Like, I know that he's explaining it to us. Brian's the only one who has it, but, like, Jesse, like, should know better. But he's like, Jesse, now you know. Or he doesn't even say you know. It's like, Jesse, since you were the first one to take the chicken, you have to say grace. This is a new rule that I'm coming up with right now, and I'm explaining it. But clearly, like, it's always been the case. I don't know why he says it the way he says it, other than, like, they just didn't realize it was going to become this important thing, right? Yes. But it's still, it's a weird line delivery to, like, for so synonymous with family and barbecues and corona and all that, to be like, now here's a rule that I'm coming up with right now, and you need to abide by it. And here is the rule, and here's what happens, and I want you to say a prayer. I always announce my house rules when somebody new shows up. If you see it, you can have it, and if you spill the drugs, you do them. Those are the two <laughs> rules I have in my house. Dangerous. Yeah, those are the rules. So I, I get where, I like, I get that he kind of delivers it weird. It, it is like, a, it's it's telling to Brian. So it's not like that weird, because there is someone new there. If there was no one new at this table, I'd be like, what the fuck is he doing? Brian wasn't there. It's his first dinner with them. So he's like, Jesse, you took the first piece of chicken. Now you have to say grace. Brian should have gone for chicken. And maybe he's the outsider yes. and he doesn't want to make the first move. But like, yes. Jesse shouldn't be the one who does that, right? It should be the outsider, because Brian is the lens through which we're watching this movie. He's the lens yeah. through which we're learning about this family, this group, and their customs. He should be the one that reaches for chicken. He's like, you know, Brian, you're new here, but blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I don't know about that. Jesse seems like he might have some impulse control issues. He does. He has ADD. He said it. He has that uh, the AD. Well, there you go. That's exactly why he grabs the chicken. Yeah. R.I.P. 
Tara, on the flip side of the coin from the question I asked you before, do you oh, have a least wait, favorite wait, moment? Wait, wait, oh. wait, wait, wait. You guys made me do a quiz when yes. we did our pre-recording. Yes, and yes. I was somebody. Was I that guy? No, you were somebody from Tokyo Drift, which we're going to get to Who later. Who also dies. No. No. I don't want to say oh, that, I but no, that he's died. only in That's one movie, though. Interesting. You okay. can be in one yeah. movie and not die, and you can die and be in multiple movies. There you go. Mind blown. But, Kara, on the flip side of the coin we were saying before, is there... Actually, hold on. Is Jesse one of the answers? I don't remember. I think he ha- yeah, he has to be. Uh, it's like a low percentage one, but I think he's in there. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Uh, we, I don't think we've had a Jesse no, yet. we haven't. Uh, but Jesse, spoiler, is... Uh, one of the quiz. All right, yeah, Jesse's like a th- uh, less than a 4% chance, but it's not impossible, just unlikely. All right, Kara, I know that you, it seems like um, if this is very, I'm sure you're, no one is happier that you like this movie than you are because you have to watch another eight of these movies. <laughs> but, you know, true, I am very happy that you enjoy this movie. Is there something about this movie that does not work for you? Do you have a least favorite moment, something that you're either hoping they build on or expand upon, or just something that, like, like I don't, I don't get it. Like, even... Back in 2001, I just don't understand. Well, I mean, it's not like a specific moment. It's an accumulation of moments, I would say. Okay. This doesn't necessarily bode well for the rest of the franchise, because I imagine that there will continue to be a lot of racing, Mm. but just too many pissing contests. I don't... Why are... You're just always trying to prove to each dick other that you're like Lots of dick more measuring. manly, yeah. yeah, and that you're not gay, and like you have a bigger dick than the other guy. Like I do not care. Everyone would have so much more time to do more important things if we all stopped trying to prove to each other that we're not gay. It's just or Kara, ridiculous. What if we just make the movies an hour longer each? No, please. <laughs> Well, Kara, I want you to really, really enjoy the first four movies. I mean, one we're putting later, but, like, they go from being an hour 45-ish to, like, 2.15 in a hurry. But, like, half the movies are short, and half the movies are long. But to your point, and I think Joe is sort of reacting to this as you were saying this, racing kind of honestly goes away, oh, but the dick-measuring contests do not. Ugh. They just change people that are dick measuring, but it's it's a lot yeah. of and and the way that they're measuring yeah. and you know it's the it's the who and the how. I don't. I don't. You it, it, you, it becomes endearing. It, be, it it'll, it'll get there. It's like it yeah, becomes okay. more playful. Whatever. Like it it doesn't. It's not like it's not like as blatant dick measuring as in the first yeah. one. You know. It's just they all take it all so seriously. <laughs> that that stays. <laughs> it's just like they're cars. Who cares? <laughs> I have a question. Should we finish with this one? I'm gonna I'm gonna say it, and Joey, you could decide if we should finish with this one or not. I want Kara to make a prediction of the next one. Should we save that till the end? No, we could do that now, and then I think we could just do a, just talk about a few other things. I think we're sort of toward the end ish, and there's other stuff that I want to talk about. But because these movies both follow a linear and logical point from A to Z, and also at the same time, absolutely do not. And Helpful. should we tell her like where the next one's be... set? Should we just give her like the setting of the next one? Mm. Or no? No. So here, here's what here's what I want to do. I'll sort of give like high level. So I want to say it's set in a different city. Okay. Some of the characters come back. Some of the characters do not come back. I don't. This is this is gonna be wildly difficult. Either what do you think happens in the next one, Too Fast, Too Furious, or where do you see maybe Joe on a, on a, on a grand scale? Okay. In terms of the relationship of these characters, where do you think that these all sort of wind up? I was just going specifically for the movie, so we could do it like every movie. Like, what do you think the next one is about? First, specifically for the next one, but also because this is the first one, we sort of have okay. another eight to go. Where do you think the characters? Like, how do they grow individually? How do they grow with each other? How do their roles within the family shift or evolve? Or what do you ideally want to see? Like, it, now that you sort of know the characters a little bit, where do you hope that they go? I don't know. 
no it's idea. very difficult. We've never asked um, anybody this question before. Okay. Because nobody's well, never not. Let me guess. Uh, the different setting, maybe Detroit. Okay. You know, I'm thinking, like, what are these iconic car cities where there are these, like, very rich car cultures and subcultures? That's all I got, Detroit. Yeah. Which is probably wrong. That's totally fine. Yeah. Do you think that, like, is there any character evolution? Is there any relationships you want to see? Do you think anybody's going to get together, break up? Do you think that anybody is not going to make it to the end of them? Is somebody going to die? Is somebody not going to die? I have a feeling that Paul Walker might die. Well, he dies in in real real life. life. Yeah, he definitely does. (laughs) In real life. Yeah, well, that's all I got. I don't know. Like I said before, I would love to see Mia and Letty get together, but I know that's never going to happen. Yeah, we got the two girls kissing. That's about as close as we get in this first one, huh? So there is, for as representative of this franchise, or as this franchise is in terms of how you look on screen, I think this is something that I wrote a lot of papers, at least one or two papers on in, in college about Lost and about how Lost was this postmodern, like, any, no matter who you are, what you looked like, how you felt, whatever, for the most you part, you were, you were, dis, you were, you could be, you could find yourself in Lost. Cool. Like the cast is big enough and diverse enough. I think for the most part, and this is something that Joe and I've talked about mm-hmm. a lot, the same is true here with kind of the exception of like, they don't, it's not like they don't do gay characters well, it's just that they're not represented. And so Joe and it's I sort of have our own. they don't do gay characters. There's, there are, there's at least one for sure. Okay. And there's one that Joe and I, it was sort of, it was a Mike Manzi theory. About, yeah. Resident historian, right along the Mikester. It was his theory that he, that Joe and I have championed, and now our listeners are on board with too, that one of the movies is kind of refuted a little bit, but still possibility. But, you know, I would love to see Letty and Mia get together because I think that they, they're they opposites. They're, they're alike, but they're also their opposites. I like that. But it's just one thing. Like, I don't want to sort of get your hopes up in that regard because it's, it's kind of the one representational thing that this movie franchise hasn't really tried to do. It's not like we they've get, like, done, every other done race. poorly. We get every other race. We get tons of yeah. women. How about disabled people? Not quite. I mean, yeah. See, so there's another one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So let's let's take a let's let's, let's backpedal. A uh, lot of men and women, a lot of different races and ethnicities. So there are women on the screen. Are there really a lot of women in these movies? I think that there's substantial women characters as we yeah. go. Because to me, like what I saw in this movie was a lot of women on fair. the screen, absolutely but not fair. necessarily. Yeah being part of the action or speaking or doing anything important just a lot of standing around being while beautiful. the men folks do things yep. looking pretty there's always going to be just because of the characters that they've built this world around and it's essentially mm-hmm. the franchise is until paul walker dies it's a brian dom story essentially right like it's their relationship for better or worse and so i think building around two male characters there's just going to be a lot of dudes. But I think as the movies go on, they do add women. It's always going to be more men than women, but I think that this is definitely one of the movies in which there are fewer women. Although the next movie, just brace yourself, not a lot of women doing stuff in the At next all. movie. There are women, but it's it, it, again, it, it gets better as it goes on. But the, the the early ones, when they're kind of about cars more than action, it's, a lot of uh, it's, it's kind of dudes racing for the most part. Yeah. Yeah, which is unfortunate because I bet you, like, while those subcultures in real life are probably male-dominated, there are still plenty of women there are. who are fighting to be there. Like this, uh, the fastest car show on Netflix, there's women that compete in that, and the Charlize Theron produced one on Netflix. 
There's a bunch of women that are competing in that. Like women have definitely joined the car culture if if they were weren't always a part always of it. There. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like they're they're getting recognized for being part of the car, car culture better now. Some of the women in this movie though were giving me like very like Grease vibes. I was thinking a lot about Grease while I was mm. watching this. I've never thought, yeah. Because there is, you know, some some car culture and drag racing in that movie. There is, yeah. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and Letty would definitely fit in with the pink. I think they would all fit in with the pink ladies, kind of. Oh, yeah. Letty is a total Rizzo. Mm-hmm. Fair. Um, Mia, a Sandy-Frenchy hybrid, I yeah, think. Yeah, Sandy-adjacent, not not full Sandy. Right, 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 right. She's almost more of a uh, Michelle Pfeiffer from Grease 2, but not even okay. quite. That's that's even, that's that's a tall order. That's more, I don't. I, I was going to spoil something. Uh, a character you get is going to be more Michelle Pfeiffer in Grease 2, but I don't, wanna, I don't even want to say what don't that actor say, is. Don't even say it, yeah. But you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah. The unnamed character for a while. Yeah. One thing that I noticed in this movie that I really liked is when Brian brings the car to Dom's garage. He's like, this is your 10-second car. He's like, I want to ask for a 10-second car, not a 10-minute car. Yes. And Dom says, Jesse, pop the hood. And he just lifts the hood from left to right and it just falls off. Yes. Like, I just think that's the funniest way to pop a hood. <laughs> just is like, this car is fall- literally falling apart. Let me just l- pop the hood by, like, yanking it off of its act, off- literally off the body. Because that's just the only way that I can really get in there. When I was watching it this time, and I had been watching like all the car videos, when he pulled up the Supra, they would know that it has a two JZ engine in it. Like if he's like pop the hood, it's the engine that it came with. So they act surprised that it has the engine that it came with in it. And I'm like, but that's the engine that it came with. So like, you know what I mean? They'd be like going to your what? You don't replace your engine, bro? I mean, you could have, but he's like popped the hood, and they're like, like, why wouldn't they be like, oh, is it got a two JZ in it? You know what I mean? Like, but then they see it, and they're like, oh shit, a two JZ engine. And it's like, well, that's the engine that was in the car. So it's like, this isn't surprising. Like, if you pulled the car up, then you would know that this is the engine. And if they know so much about cars and engines, they would definitely know that. So like, as soon as they pulled on the thing, they'd be like, you got two JZ in there. Like, that would be like the first thing like real car people would say. And it was like the first time I was ever, like, taken aback by that. Yeah, you would think in a movie like this, it'd be a two-jaw rule engine, at least. Oh, yeah, extra Nas. No Jay-Z in there. In that first scene where he shows up at that car park thing, yes, he asks a girl if she's been doing yoga. I know. And it just was, like, another one of the, like, extremely 2001 things where, like, yoga was just yeah, starting you're, to... you're looking good. You're doing yoga? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we ju- we just got to that line in, like, a minute or two ago in the Fast and Furious Minute. Like, we're, that's, that's where we are. So we... Uh, yeah. We were just talking about firmly. that. Yeah. Yes. A couple of things that I noticed really quickly. Number one, when, when Dom and Brian escape from the race, they escape from the cops. Yes. And they get pulled over, flagged over, flagged down, whatever, by Johnny Tran. Yes. It really feels like, again, this is sort of in a way kind of tied to the the overprotective mother that Dom is kind of playing in this movie. But Dom feels less sure of himself and like kind of less than. Like it feels like he's afraid of Johnny Tran. And we know he is. He says, I think at the end of that scene that like I dated a sister, but like he he feels weaker in that scene than I think in any other movie at any other point. I agree. He does show a little bit of his vulnerability vulnerability in that moment because normally he's not scared he's like a rock but like when johnny tram pulls up he's like oh shit the like almost like the boss is here right like he like has that reaction like fuck like we have to do exactly what he says and i don't know if it's just because like at this point johnny tran has guns and the family really doesn't have guns you know what I mean? Like, they don't seem like a gun kind of crew yet. Does this happen before or after his dead dad speech? Way before. The dead dad speech is, like, near the very okay. end. Yeah, this is, like, 20 minutes into the movie. No, because it's just, I think that he has kind of a few interesting moments of vulnerability 
in the movie, that being one of them, and then the dead dad speech too. And I, I am curious just like how that will, like how, where that lives in the this lifespan of his character, I guess. I don't know. Kyra, you are my lifespan. So <laughs> That's a fan fiction that Joe and I are reading one Erotic chapter per lap fiction. forever. It is, <laughs> it is uh, something special to behold. Got really steamy. There, well, another thing, let's see here, let's see here. Oh, when they get to the party, when, when Brian, when he says, you know, why do you bring him here? I never noticed before, but like, Letty's just lying on the floor playing PS2. Yes. Like she's playing a racing game. She's playing Grand Turismo. Like, it's just like, you know, just uh, hanging out, just playing video games. Did you notice what she was wearing at the party? The, the flame no. boots? Actually, I don't know if I noticed what was on her feet, but she's wearing, like, a leather mini skirt with multiple belt layered belts. Uh, again, low slung. And then a, not quite a belly shirt, but also not quite a full shirt that is, uh, like, lace see-through black bra underneath with the dog tags. What's the story with the dog tags? I forgot to ask. Well, there's a Those necklace. The necklace that Dom wears in this, the, the big gaudy cross mm-hmm. is kind of an important thing. The dog tags are just like kind of just in this movie, I think. Yeah. Oh, they're not like somebody's no. through line, no. No. That's weird. Yeah. Does she have, is she, was she in the military? Like, was her character no. in the military? Other characters Why are. Is she the other characters we then? don't know yet have been or, or were. Yeah. But not no, not her. Not as far as as far as we know, no. They're just criminals. I mean, they were definitely like in. People were wearing them at that time. It was fashion. You know, it was fashion at that time. It was fashion. I just feel like it's a very specific choice for a character. Like I need to know why she has them on. Maybe they had like a specific backstory for it, and we just never learned. Yeah, it. like her but brother. We would if these movies paid more attention to the women. Very true. I have I have a thought that I was watching it this time. Throughout, you know, all these episodes, we've established that Brian is probably the shittiest cop on the planet, right? Like, he is by far <laughs> the worst cop ever. Yeah, he's real bad at he's it. He's really bad at it. Because we have been reading You Are My Lifespan, and because Johnny Tran is such an important character in You Are My Lifespan, but we've always said, in this film, in this franchise, we can't really count anyone dead unless we see the body. In this case, we do see Johnny Tran dead. And Brian runs up to check his pulse to confirm that he is officially dead. Is there a possibility that Brian is as shitty at medical attention as he is at being a (laughs) cop and that Johnny Tran was alive and he just didn't know how to check a pulse? Or is it possible that this is all an incredibly long con and that he let Johnny Tran get away? I don't know know to what end... But he's like, oh yeah, he's dead, wink, wink. Or like, what if Johnny Tran was playing dead and he could control his pulse even after being shot? All plausible things. But also, sometimes your body goes into shock and your blood pressure drops. And Maybe. then you can't really feel it. very. Like, you can't feel a pulse very strongly. I mean, they used to bury people alive, like, all the time. That's not, that's, so there's a chance that actually Johnny Tran was alive and that You Are My Lifespan is... A, a real story is all. I was oh, unrelated, but just you just triggered uh, a memory in me. Go ahead. The newest Nicolas Cage movie, Running with the Devil, which was our hundredth episode of Cage Club Prime that Mike and I just recorded a week or two ago. Thank you so much. Cage's partner in that movie, who has no lines, maybe isn't even named, is Carter Verone. Oh, really? Yeah. So, Kara, the villain. I mean, this is not a spoiler because there's no reason you would ever have watched this weird VOD, straight-to-VOD Nicolas Cage movie that just came out. Uh, but the villain in the next movie is Nicolas Cage's partner, 
in his like ninety second movie or something like that. So huh. yeah, it is. It's a weird, a weird because Mike's like, isn't that Carter Verona? Was like, is it? Oh shit, it is. <laughs> That's um, so awesome. Mike on the always on the lookout. So he yeah, is. he's still acting. Um, and again, because I was also thinking like, could he come back? Because he is yeah, you know, sort of his his fate is up in the air a little bit too. But uh, yeah. yeah, very interesting. The only other thing that I made a note of that I want to mention is there's just a very quick line that when they're in that beautiful house that Carrie you were talking about before, yes. Bilkins says. We don't got time. And I was like, he truly is the anti-Dom. Oh. Like, Dom, they've got nothing but time. And Bilkin says, we don't got time. And I was just like, whew, wow. Yeah. Wow, wow, wow. I don't think that anybody connected those things in the scripts, but I do like that you connected them. Of course. I don't think writing... I mean, this is what happens. I don't think that was intentional writing. <laughs> that no, two, probably not. The two movies later that he says, I got nothing but time, and to juxtapose yeah. him to a cop in, in the first one. You never know. You never you know, never, though. never know. We haven't interviewed the, the screenwriter yet, so... Kara, any other thoughts about this first movie? Anything else that you uh, you loved, you surprisingly loved, or you, you were sort of bothered about... by, or any questions that you have? I only have one other note sure. that is not... Ex- extensively excerpted article about Pleather from the LA Times like an article in the LA Times in 2000 that I'm not actually going to read to you but that's also here in my notes I just needed you to know that. (laughs) The only other note that I had was ooh pretty colors car explosion. Yes. There's a car that explodes and it turns all pretty colors. It was gorgeous. It was was beautiful. Alright Kara. Joe do you have any other thoughts about uh, The Fast and the Furious or should we play a couple games? I'm glad Kara seemed to like it. Like actually to be honest your reaction was much better than I expected. Oh good. It was better than I expected too. I think that there is, I mean, not all these movies are great. I think that there are some in here that are just like, that are sort of decidedly worse than the rest. But I think that this first one especially is a better movie than people think it's going to be. Yes. Like we yeah. had, uh, last lap we had somebody watch this movie, for, he'd never seen any of them, and Michael Domenico, he watched the first one. He's like, actually, that was pretty good. Like, he's not going to watch more of them. He's not as committed to the cause as you are. He kind of surprisingly liked it too, and I think that there's... There's a story here that works, and even though it could be better, you know, even though... It has problems. It's very 2001. Yes. There's lots of glaring problems with it, but... I think the, the, the story beats, the character dynamics work, and I think it tells a good story. I think there's... I don't know that anybody would have thought that this would have been, you know, a multi, multi, multi-billion dollar franchise no. still going 20 years later, but I don't think it's wildly crazy to think that this was the start of something big, because... They nail so much of the things that, you know, are kind of important. Yeah. And I mean, like I said, there's something for everyone there. And there's just like, I imagine that this will probably be true of all the movies, the way that I approach movie watching anyway, is that like, there's always something that you can appreciate. Yes. Even if those like basic elements that are supposed to make up a movie aren't necessarily there. It's like, you know, there's other stuff going on that I can appreciate. So true. Yeah. All right, Carol, we've got two games to play. First up. We're going to play a game called This Ain't No 10 Second Race, a.k.a. Boy, Do We Have a Podcast for You. So what this is going to be is, Kara, I want you to go on Twitter, and I want you to find any tweet from anyone. Any tweet. And the goal of this, what we're going to do is you're going to send the, the, the tweet to us, and I'm going to respond from at TooFast2Forever on Twitter, and I'm just going to say, Boy, Do We Have a Podcast for You, link to the show page, say hashtag Fast and Furious, hashtag 2F2F, and the goal of this is to get new listeners. So if they like, if they retweet, if they reply, if they email in, you get points. So we're going to play this game nine times with you. Mike Manzi, I think, still has a higher score than I do, even though I've been on... I've played this game probably close to 50 times now, and Mike's played it like 10 times. It's very difficult. 
feel no pressure. We don't know what works. We don't know what doesn't work other than apparently everything we try doesn't work. Yes. Um, but so take your time. Go on Twitter. Find any tweet from anybody who's talking about either, you know, maybe an actor in the movie, the, the movie itself, whatever you think would inspire someone to want to listen to this podcast, send it to us, and we're going to reply. I just realized something really crazy as I was searching for this. We never connected. Dom's sister's name's Mia, and the guy pining over her is named Vince, and Vince and Mia are the characters from Pulp Fiction. Oh. I never noticed it until I, I was huh. searching Vince and Mia, and I got a Pulp Fiction tweet, and I was like, holy shit. Like, Because I was reading it, I was like, oh, when Vince meets Mia, and I was like, oh, how sweet. And it was like, no. And I can't believe that. Paul Walker's character name is Marcellus Wallace. That's the I don't know how we didn't realize. Okay, I got I got this one. So here's what I here's who I'm gonna send this to. It is from at VeekThor19, VeekThor on Twitter. Hashtag instead of vaping, watch Hobbs and Shaw over and over again. Boy do we have a podcast. Do we have a podcast for you? Um, oh, actually, we need to. While you look at these, I need to. I have not done the. Um, I have not reviewed our, our last ones. We it's been a couple episodes since we did oh, yeah, this. Please. So first off, uh, last episode that we did this was on Hobbs and Shaw. Mm-hmm. I found at Hamo underscore D Demo Gordon on Twitter took the Charlie Theron tweet. She's back. Fast Nine Cipher, and it says Cipher versus Hattie Shaw. Please, boy, do we have a podcast for you? It got a like. Oh shit. That's a like from the actual person. Demo Gordon liked it. That's oh. a point for me. I didn't oh. I didn't see that notification come through. I didn't think I got a point. Yeah. That is very that's very, very exciting. Yeah. So I am now up to nine points. I have tied Mike Manzi for second place. Okay. Joe, you still have fifteen. So let's check out your tweet. Okay. You found at Lolo fourteen thirty three Loic at the on Twitter. That's crazy, none of y'all want to come watch Hobbs and Show with your boy LMFAO. Boy, do we have a podcast for you? Nothing, unfortunately. I'm so sorry. Yeah. Man, or Mike Manzi found at Alasdair Stewart. Alasdair Stewart is back on this bullshit. Yes, I did buy the Hobbs and Shaw soundtrack. Yes, the Idris Elba plot rep is absolutely worth every cent. Boy, do we have a podcast for you? Nothing, unfortunately. So. Okay. I got mine now. Mine is from at Unflavored Chip. They're just C Koala emoji. On Twitter, unflavored with a U in there. If in case you're in case you're looking for the the account, oh, yes, true. And tweet is really like Jesse in in the Fast and the Furious movie. Frowny face, R.I.P. Boy, Boy, do we, do have a we podcast for you? For you. All right, Kara, seriously, no pressure here whatsoever. Just find it doesn't even have to be about the movie. If you want to just find anybody know any good podcasts, yeah, it's anything. You just need you're just trying to get likes. It's from a woman named Kylie at Kylie with three Y's. Six seven four. Yes. Okay. Does anyone know of any good podcasts? Oh, this is great, Car. This is so good. I know. I want to start listening to them driving to school in the morning. Oh, boy, do we, we have, have a podcast, podcast for you. you? Even though Natalie at Nat underscore four twenty one said, "Ooh, girl, I got you. I'll DM you some." I'm going to, you know, so Kara, I, I'm going to give you the choice. Do you want me to respond to Kylie, or do you want me to respond to Kylie and Natalie? And so, see, Natalie gets the notification, too. Sure, why not? Boy, do we have a podcast for both of you. <laughs> cool. That's I mean, perfect. That, is, that was uh, a good one, actually. That's a very good one. I mean, that is, you know, it's the it's our... it's the, the template that we laid out, but it's it's catered specifically to the slap. Yeah. All right, last game that we're going to play is Dude, What's My Car? Kara, do you want to try to guess with Joe, or do you want to try to give, help me give hints? Let me try and guess. All right. So this car is from Wes. Okay. Uh, he says, I got a car pick for you. 
This one also ties back to Emily's bio dad. Hopefully Joe can get it without too much trouble. Hopefully. Who's Emily? What's the deal with her bio dad? Wes is a longtime listener. He writes in all the time. His wife was adopted, and she's trying to, she, she went on a search for her biological father. She found him mm-hmm. and, like, found some cars that he had had. There's, like, a bunch of cool backstory to that. Emily's his wife. Sorry. I left that yes. part out. Yeah. I think you said that. Okay. His co-host, as he likes to call her. This is a crazy story. So I can't I can't really read it because I will, I will read it when we're done, but I think okay. that, that I can't read really, like, any detail of the story without, if you know what it's referencing, giving the car away. Yeah. It is an American car. Okay. It was produced in the 60s and 70s, then it took off for a while, and it came back a little bit in the 90s. Okay. And this is the third generation of the car. Okay. I think most commonly, it is, I think, I guess they're all black cars. There's one picture where the glare kind of makes it look like maybe a really dark, like, sort of chocolate brown. But it's most commonly and most famously known as a black car. It's a two-door car. Okay. It's it's got a very long body. I mean, I guess you know, knowing that it's from predominantly from the sixties and seventies, shouldn't come as too much of a surprise. That is a very long car. The front headlights have two headlights in either side, circular round headlights, uh, encased in a rectangular headlight box. I know exactly what it is. What is it? I can't remember the name, but I can see it in my brain. Okay. A Thunderbird? No. I was going to say Firebird. It starts Pontiac? with Pontiac? Is it a Pontiac? No, it is not. Okay. Wow, it's all like ugly and weird looking. Yeah. No. no. I know the, the, the make, I know for sure. The make is one of the more famous American cars. The model is not one that I, I maybe know, but it's not one that I would have thought to guess. Okay, keep going. Grill ha- comes out to a little bit of a point in the front. <sighs> um, there are four straight, thin silver bars that go across. There are underneath, I guess the fog lights are sort of centrally located. Um, there are three mini little grills below the main grill. There's the yellow-orange fog lights on either side of that underneath. In the back, there are long, thin, rectangular brake lights. Uh, two red brake lights on either side of a white light. The trunk is gigantic. It is a very deep trunk, in case you want to hide some bodies, I guess. Okay. Famously from a particular movie in which, when you think about the movie and you think about the characters that drive this car, hmm. it's not the first thing you think of, but it's probably either the second or the third thing. Is, and I know that's sort of a vague clue that maybe doesn't help, but you'll know what I mean when I say it. Is it a Ford? No. Is it a Chevrolet? No. Is it... It's very close to Dom's heart. A Dodge? It's a Dodge. Not so it wouldn't be like a challenger or charger, nope. right? Nope, because I know those, correct. Okay. Dodge Dart? Nope. Famously the people who would drive this car uh, tend to drive around in suits. Suits and ties, sunglasses, so it's like hats. An FBI car. Oh, is Blues it the car from Brothers? Blues Brothers? It is the car from Blues Brothers, but when what I is that what kind of car is it? It was a Ford. Oh, I'm sorry. A Dodge Monaco. Yes. Oh. So Emily's I'm biological father for a long time has toured the country and played various events as one half of the Blues Brothers, which is Musically? bananas. This That's is really cool. This is also a guy, Kara, who cosplayed as Jack Nicholson as a Joker. Won, a, won an award or a prize. What is, like, staggering recreation of the character. Like, it is He looks bananas. just like him, yeah. West writes that he meets with Dan Aykroyd a couple times a year oh. to renew the rights and everything. That's really Part of the cool. access they have to have one of the Bluesmobiles used in the first movie that they bring to some events with them. He hasn't done the access much in recent years, but he still has the car. I've included a picture of him, Elwood, on the left, and his car. Let me see. So here's the first picture, yes. Here's the picture of them. So her dad is on the left side. And then also here's oh, the other car pictures that we are uh, 
guessing from? Dodge Monica. I watched this documentary about James Cameron's, like, undersea exploration mm-hmm. of the Titanic. Yes, I've seen it. And he had these, like, two robots, mm-hmm. like, remote robots that, like, went through and they were like, yellow. had cameras on there. Yeah, and they were named... Uh, Elrod and whatever the other guy was named. That's very cool. This is this is a lot. One of them got stuck, and then the other one had to go save it. <laughs> Aww, it's very cute. It was. I mean, the man can make a movie. He can. Well, Kara, thank you so much for joining us on this very this the kickoff to the driving school lap. We are going to we are pulling up on your house here on the on the right. If you want to pull over and let yourself out, Joe and I will drive back to the DMV. Can you just make sure I, you wait until I get in the door okay? Yes. Of course. I mean, yes. I know it's, it's a little dark outside. I want to make sure you yeah. get inside safely. Okay. But yeah, so thank you for joining us on this first, the kickoff, the inception awesome. yeah. of the driving school lap. Next movie. So, Carrie, you have to do the little homework is the turbocharged prelude, which right. is a six minute short film that you can find on, on YouTube. And then Too Fast, Too Furious. Which, is it set in Detroit? We'll find out in two weeks. Yeah, we will. But I also want to, I think we said this on the Relap recap, but next week, Carrie, you are not here, but Joe and I are doing a pit stop. We are going to go through the Fast and Furious Wikia page for Brian O'Connor, because in our off weeks, this is going to be the Brian O'Connor lap. So we're doing the driving school lap while you're here, Carrie, and when you're not here, we're doing the Brian O'Connor Paul Walker lap. And so we are going to deep dive into his wiki page and find out everything that we could possibly ever want to hope to learn about Paul Walker, about Brian O'Connor. So come back next week for a Pit Stop bonus episode, the Brian O'Connor Deep Dive. We have a name for the show, and I don't remember what it's called. You will know next week when I name it that, when I say it aloud. (laughs) I don't remember it right now. But Kara, thank you for joining us, and I hope this was fun enough that you want to do this eight more times. Yeah, absolutely. What an exciting day. Cool. (laughs) Well, for all things... Too Fast Too Forever. You can go to cageclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever, at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram. Email us, family at cageclub.me. Come back next week for our Brian O'Connor deep dive and come back in two weeks for Too Fast Too Furious. I'm Joey Lewandowski. I'm Joe Too. I'm Cara Gale O'Regan. And we'll see you next week for a Brian O'Connor deep dive right here on Too Fast Too Forever. <laughs>